I'd say at Nats as well, you bought seven TACOM Rhomboids. <laughs> yeah, I bought them. I, I bought them not knowing what they were. Um, I, 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 yeah, maybe that should. We should say it a different way. I'm, all right. Well, let's do that again. I might be. Um, what was the question? It does suck. Get better at figure fi- or figure painting. Pink figure painting. Welcome in, everybody, to episode 61 of the Plastic Posse podcast. We've got a full house tonight. All of us are in the room together uh, virtually, which is a great thing. I hope everybody had a great holiday and appreciate uh, everybody out there uh, being patient as we took a what I think was a well-deserved break. I really enjoyed it. Got a lot of modeling done. We'll talk about that in a bit. But let's uh, let's kind of move around the room and see what everybody has been up to. Let's start across the pond with our good friend, Ivan. <laughs> What's happening in the UK, Mr. Taylor? Not a lot. I've, um, um, nothing. I've, I've had pretty much nothing going on. I've been working on a Meng Jumbo, uh, that seems to have been going on for weeks. I've had very little motivation to do anything modeling related. So, uh, really since, uh, since the end of Telford, I have just been relaxing. And I know at some point motivation will return at some point, but until then, there's no modeling in the books for me. All right, Ivan, while well, hoping that your uh, mojo uh, <laughs> returns, let's move over to uh, TJ Haller. How are things, uh, TJ, uh, over on uh, your bench? Uh, they're pretty good. Had a nice um, long weekend on uh, for the New Year's. Uh, it was also my 15th wedding anniversary, so I got to celebrate that with my wife, which was cool. I did get a fair amount of modeling done. I pretty much started and built and then painted um 155 millimeter C17S howitzer. It's a French gun from World War One. Uh, I was actually poking around on it a little bit today. Um, I'll maybe gonna start weathering it tomorrow. I might even finish it this weekend. Um, I got that going on, and I slapped some paint down on the big old nutcracker. That thing is just a behemoth. Uh, I need to do a camouflage color. I've not decided on one yet, so it's just kind of hanging out until I do that. Both of those models are looking really good, man. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I think I mentioned in the live coming up that I want to focus more on World War One subjects. It was my first uh, love when it comes to scale modeling, and um, I haven't done a lot lately. So I've got a big stack of them that I would like to get done or start at least this year. So, yeah, this is the first of hopefully many. Well, and congratulations on the anniversary with you and the missus. Uh, thank you. JB, what have you been up to? been doing a little bit of building. Um Silver linings and everything. Uh, over Christmas break, unfortunately, I was part of the Southwest debacle and was unable to fly home and see my family. Um, but I use, utilize that time to do some modeling and 
clean up around the house and try to get centered before the new year starts. So I actually finished a FNA miniatures uh, whippet. So 70 second scale, 3D printed, uh, bought right out of Poland. Major credit to the manufacturer. They got it over within two weeks. So that was great because it was part of a uh, Christmas gift for someone um, as well. I also got an A7B 48 scale from them, but bottom line, one piece, one piece, 70 second scale whippet tank. Major shout out to Jackson Stan, frequent supporter of the pod. He uh, he coached me through the World War One colors on it. So that was a really fun build, um, really fun painting exercise as well. So I think it was so much fun and I like the color so much that we are now doing a rhomboid build, which is pretty cool. Uh, there's a small group of us doing that. So we have some rhomboids from World War One after we get through our World War II heavies, uh, the American heavies, that is. So that was one project I was able to complete. And then over break as well, when I was in the mountains uh, with my in-laws, another way to stay centered was building tracks for the TACOM uh, IO 150-ton tank. So was able to knock out that construction phase up there. And when I came back, started priming and then painting. And now we're on the weathering stage. And it's pretty big. It's a, it's a rather large tank. I posted some pictures in the group. Uh, I'm doing it as a what if captured vehicle, uh, with some American stars on it. And I really struggled with how it was looking. I was like, man, it is missing something. There's a lot of canvas in these little stars. So. I added some larger air recognition panels out of yellow and chipped them. I think I'll add like a stencil that says property of the U.S. Marine Corps. I want to avoid hold for technical intelligence because let's all be honest, Martin did it. It was the best. I don't want to, I don't want to even encroach on that type of idea. And I'm not looking for a vehicle that was captured and sent immediately to technical intelligence. I'm looking for a vehicle that was a what if invasion of the mainland, the, the Marine Corps captured it, repurposed it, and now they're using it. Um, and iBones models, Ian Bonner, will send a Marine Corps figure that's leaning up against it. So maybe I'll have a little base for it. That's the kit I've been working on a lot lately. Um, been a lot of fun and I've shared a little bit online and can't wait to finish it and move on to something else. So that's enough for me in Colorado. Yes, the also looking great. I really like those uh, markings you put on. Look good. Thank you, Mister Smith. Doug, what have you been up to? Um, I built, start to finish, the ATM six from Bandai. As you all know, it's giant. Okay, it's one of the little tiny boxes. It's the Gorilla Walker from uh, the Last Jedi. Which I mean, almost don't even want to mention it by name. But uh, yeah, I, I got that for Christmas. I put it together. Took me all of 20 minutes. Other than that, I'm trying to make, I'm, I'm doing a lot of painting, but it's all putting together a game that, that a friend of my parents created. And I'm building, I'm making this game from um, poker chips that I'm painting up. And uh, that's been kind of all I've been doing for the last couple of weeks when I'm in the model room. Well, I mean, it's something, you know, they don't all have to be huge, um, but that's, that's really cool. Look forward to seeing uh, pictures of that and uh, seeing this game that you're talking about. I've also been uh, spending a lot of time at the bench uh, over the break, which has been great. I've honestly, I was telling the guys before we started recording, I've probably done as much modeling in the last few weeks as I have all year. 
I've been working on a Moebius Colonial Viper Mark One, the old school one. And then also uh, lately been really diving into what's turned into a one-man group build. I thought I was going to be doing it with others, but doing attack on Panzer One, Zach Grizzle uh, wanted to kind of do. That's been actually kind of fun. The kits, equal parts genius and equal parts maddening uh, design choices. So it's been uh, an interesting build, but I'm enjoying it, enjoying the time at the bench and then pulled out an older build that I'm going to try and finish to take with us when uh, we'll talk about more about this in, in a minute. But when John and Grant and I go up to Seattle here in a few weeks, I'd like to take a new piece up there. So probably going to look at finishing that. Grant, uh, what have you been up to over there on the uh, left coast? Hopefully you're staying dry. Yeah, it's the first day. It hasn't rained in a week, we, but we need it. Like I'll talk about in the live, what's coming up. Um, I'm, I'm kind of focusing more this year on figures. I painted a dwarf that I just got done that I plastered all over the internet. So if you haven't seen it, I'm sorry, you'll probably see it when it comes back around. I've been working uh, on my uh, Maquet uh, Saf suit for the Nationals this year. Wow, it's that time. That got him painted. I've got him weathered. I need to come back in and do some more washes and update the white a little bit on him. Other than that, I got a 3D printer again. My old one died, but I got a brand new 3D printer for Christmas. So I've kind of been blowing up a couple websites and getting STLs and all that kind of stuff. So I've been doing a lot of 3D printing and stuff like that. So, but other than that, it's been, I, I took some time off from work, relaxed a lot, read a lot, uh, worked on models, not as much as I should have, but I'm glad I, you know, spent the time with the family and reading. So it's been fun. Which printer did you get, Grant? I think it's E-L-E-G-O-O. Elegoo. Yeah. Elegoo Saturn II. Oh, which nice. Is, which is an 8K. It's got the big, the huge platform on it. So it could print large busts and everything like that. So it's nice. It's really, really nice. Uh, one thing about it also that I've got was I got the resin that's water washable. That stuff's beautiful. Uh, that's like, for me, it's a game changer because I can just take it to a sink now and just wash it off. There's no smell. There's no, you don't have to use the alcohol. I use alcohol on every once in a while to clean it off, of course, but, you know, make sure there's nothing sticking to it. But usually hot water and a little bit of soap takes it all away. No problems at all. Nice. Well, let's uh, stick with you for a minute here. We'll go back around the room, but um, kind of uh, tell us what first quarter 2023 sounds like, you know, shows, projects that you expect to come off your bench uh, sooner rather than later. What does your uh, January through March look like so far? Uh, January is going to be kind of quiet. I think there's a show coming up either late January or early February in San Diego that I'll attend that I always go down for. It's the IPMS show down there. Of course, I'm going to be in Seattle with a couple with JB and yourself, um, which is going to be a blast. I didn't go up last year. Going to see a whole bunch of the great Patreon guys up there. We're going to see a whole bunch of the podcast guys up there. You know, if you're up there, don't forget, please stop us and say hello. Shake our hand. I've got stickers. We've got, you know, just come talk to us. We're, you know, you know, I'm the only one that has bad breasts, so everybody else should be fine to talk to. So, um, you know, that'll be great. Rick Lauer is going to be there. You know, there's there's a lot of people that are going to be there. It's going to be fun. After that, I need to get a few more things done for uh, shows. Uh, I want to try and do, you know, at least one collection this year and run it around the, run it around the circuit for figures and then do some other figures. But I'm, like I said earlier, I'm going to stay mostly with figures this year. Maybe some 172nd stuff. I've, I've found a couple really nice Hobby Boss 172nd kits that I want to try and build. Um, I might reach out and do some of the 3D printed ones. 
um, like JB uh, talked about. So that's my goal right now. Uh, I'd like to get at least two or three more figures done in time, and I'm going to try to go a little bit bigger with a couple of my figures. But, you know, that's what my plans are for January, February. And then March, of course, we have Cummy Fest in Colorado. Um, so there's another great show, um, a whole bunch of fun people and stuff like that. So that's my plans. Yeah, first quarter is going to be a blast. I think, you know, uh, going to echo a lot of what you just said. Really looking forward to Seattle. Jim Bates is going to yep. be the man this year. And the Museum of Flight is a terrific venue. We're going to have a blast up there. Hoping to get, like I said, a piece there. And then in March, um, before Commies Fest, we also have our 48 and 48 uh, that we participate in with uh, the model officers mess on behalf of Models for Heroes. And I think that's the second weekend in in March. Uh, that is, we'll have to double check that. But man, we we really had a blast uh, the couple of years we've done that. So I'm looking forward to revisiting that and uh, you know lining up a good project for that. It's going to be fun. Doug, what about you? What's your uh, first quarter looking like? That's a good question. There's a chance that I may actually be picking up a second job so I can afford to do the things that we do. But uh, that that's actually something I'm considering so that maybe I can add to my hobby. I am looking forward to Commies Fest. I doubt I'm going to make uh, Seattle. Although I have a question regarding shows and there's something that hasn't been mentioned for a while and I find it a little disturbing. Is there any chance that Funfetti is going to show up anytime soon? Oh, it'll be at our table at Commies Fest, no doubt. There you I'll go. Probably, I'll probably make like three or four batches because I'm going to host like a dozen people. And I just can't wait. It's going to be great. Uh, they 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 went out the door with Commie Fest last year, and um, they I I couldn't keep we couldn't keep them in the uh keep them keep them on the table. Yeah, that was that was fun, especially when there would be like little kids that are like like they look at it, and you can they like they their eyes go straight to the cupcakes, and you can tell what they want, and they they're like so like should I do this? And you have to tap their mom or dad on the shoulder, and yeah, man, come over and take a cupcake. I don't know, that's what they're here for. <laughs> yeah, those poor ten year old <laughs> kids are like stranger danger. Mom, <laughs> John, what about you? Other than uh, hosting a whole myriad of uh, people at the uh, Chateau de Banani, uh, what's uh, your first quarter looking like? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think it's going to be quite busy. I just started a new role, so that's that's been eating up a lot of my time and I'm just, uh, it's, it's just been, it's just been really busy lately. But, uh, all that said, certainly looking forward to Museum of Flight. That is going to be amazing. That's going to be a great show. Absolutely fantastic time. Cannot wait for it. The show in March, Commies Fest, it's going to be at the Wings Over the Rockies Exploration of Flight in Centennial, Colorado. So it'll be a little bit different than last year. It's a great venue. I've, I've gone there many times actually to, for work functions. So it's a, it's a cool place going to be open great light um there's actually a couple p51s at centennial airport so maybe there's an opportunity for them to drag them across the uh, tarmac if the weather's nice enough so certainly looking forward to that show i think my biggest concern for that show is not the show itself or what i'm bringing but where i'm putting everyone because the latest counts puts the bodies at around 10 yeah so um my dog might not have the bed to sleep in somebody might get dunked in his bed um, but it's it's certainly going to be great I'd encourage anyone in the Utah, New Mexico, um, Wyoming area, if it, obviously Colorado, heck, even Omaha, to be honest, you know, eight hours, you're coming from the opposite way, Scott. It's, it's a really fun local show. Um, and if you're making the trek from out of town, reach out to us. Uh, you know, we'd love to meet up the day before or the day after. We always try to do a museum, a cool par run and, 
again, when the posse goes to a show, it's not about the show. It's about the experience and the experience starts day or two before and continues through a day or two after. Uh, and that's what we're all about. So please reach out you know, maybe we'll even put a schedule out there. Um, you know, let's raid Colpar on Friday evening and hit Korean barbecue afterwards or something. So I think that's just going to be a really, really great time. The folks at the uh, commies group in Colorado always do a great job. Super nice people. Uh, what's even more great is, you know, they, it's a really diverse show uh, in terms of subject, subject matter. You know, when people think of IPMS, they think of aircraft, but the commies do a great job in bringing a lot of sci-fi, a lot of armor, uh, a lot of figures. It's just a really diverse show. Gundams have a huge contingent, Machine Krieger, uh, a lot of folks from the Instagram community go to. So it's, it's just all around a really, really great time. And I only encourage anyone in the area to check it out. So that's what March is. April, May, haven't even thought about it. What, Nats is in August. That's going to be great. And maybe uh, kick it over to Ivan because he might be coming back to America. What's 2023 look like, bro? Well, that's that's such a great question. Um, Right. So 2023 for me is not really modeling related, but I'm really going to try and focus on myself. Um, Trying to be just generally happier in life. I've got kind of got plans in place to just be the best version of me sort of thing. Um, and I know along with that will come the enthusiasm to model again. Um, so for me, nothing really specific, just, you know, get fit, get a job I'm actually happy with and just try and be the best version of myself. I know it sounds really cliche and really cheesy and whatever, but, um, yeah, for me, that's my focus because I had a really bad end to 2022. And I have to throw a shout out once again to, uh, to Jackson and, and Zach. I was in like Discord calls with them nearly every single night chatting about stuff. So I, I just need to acknowledge that and acknowledge both of them because they put up with a lot of my whinging recently. So yeah, for me, 2023, just improve myself, be happy, find happiness wherever, I, wherever, wherever I find it. So that's it for me. TJ, what about you? I know it works uh, pretty tough for you right now, but uh, what is your hobby first quarter look like? Uh, well, like you said, it's really at this point, it's only going to be hobbying on the weekends, which I am not used to. Um, I'm very much a like everyday the binge type of builder. Um, it's how I relax. It's what I do for fun. It's pretty much my only hobby. So yeah, it's going to be a little slower than I would probably like. Um, I get three day weekends, which is nice, but I drive home from North Carolina on Thursday afternoon, and it's about a six-hour drive, sometimes longer with traffic or weather. Uh, so I am gassed the the next day. I'm going <laughs> to stop complaining about my commute, man. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it sucks. It's um. Besides all that, I'm still going to try to be productive. When I'm down there all week, I plan on bringing stuff. I brought the American Heavy with me before Christmas because I was down there for a full week and got a fair amount done. So this coming week, I'll probably bring it back. And that I've made my North Carolina build. So I only work on it when I take it down there. And then John mentioned um, our rhomboid buddy build. Um, I'm going to start working on that probably pretty soon because I'm in a World War One mood. Yeah. As far as shows go, um, I was invited to the Atlanta figure show by Mark Sprayberry. I'm going to try to make it. It's in February. I'm going to try very hard to make it. It's the week before the ODO, which I'll be going to again this year. I'm sure our friends, the geeks will be there. Jackson, I'm sure will ride down with me. That's a great show. Uh, and then of course, Commies Fest in March. And then, I mean, I've got a whole, I think I mentioned it a couple episodes before. I've got a whole calendar full of shows I would like to go to. I don't know how many I'm going to get to. Um, but yeah, that's, that's 2023 so far. Yeah, it'll be awesome. Uh, that lady uh, last year that was so impressed that you came from DC to Commies Fest, you'll, you'll make her day again. 
too, for yeah. sure. Except I might not be the, the furthest traveled this That's year. Right. If, if uh, some other people that we know show up. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, invite our listeners, the, the Plastic Posse group page on Facebook. If you guys have local shows in the first quarter that you're planning on attending, or if your club is putting on a show and you want to get the word out, please make sure and post it to the Plastic Posse group page. And uh, you can also send us a message about that at uh, Plastic Posse Podcast at gmail.com. And we'd be happy to talk about that in future episodes, you know, kind of spread the word for you. So yeah, if there's anything we could do to kind of help uh, bring more people to your events, uh, we'd love to do that. Scott, do we have time for a brief discussion topic? Absolutely. Let's do it. TJ mentioned something in this past five minutes that I thought was really interesting, and I'd love to talk about it. I think it's a really interesting topic, and it specifically goes back to you making a comment, I'm in a World War I mood. And I think as modelers, this is really interesting because I suffer from it a lot. Um, I don't know if it's shiny object syndrome or what, but... I think it's maybe interesting to discuss, like, maybe call it striking when the iron is hot. Um, and I think this is maybe a good example of that because I've certainly been bit by it too. You know, I have four or five models on my bench. Uh, the American Heavy is one of them that needs primed, but I also have a Mark IV sitting to my left where I'm like, I would rather build this over the weekend than touch anything else on my bench. And I'd be curious, uh, if anyone else suffers from this kind of effect when, they either see a new kit release, they watch a movie, or maybe they're even friends with a group of guys that start building. And they're like, man, I need to get in on that. So I'd be curious if anybody else shares that. Uh, yes. Um, I'll, I'll just jump right in. Uh, so I guess I kind of kicked it off. I, to me, sometimes it can just be a picture that is just like, oh my God, I got to build that. Right. And I think with, okay, with the, the rhomboids, for, for anyone that doesn't know, because we knew someone that didn't know what that meant. A rhomboid tank is a British heavy tank from World War One, so-called because they look like a rhombus. If you don't know what a rhombus is, it's a square or it's a rectangle that's tilted on the side, right? It's a parallelogram. I just want to be very clear. Ivan, I'm not trying to call you out. Oops. So I, I don't, I don't know why, <laughs> I don't know why we were, we were like, we were talking about it somehow. I think maybe because I'm working on World War One gun and so on and so forth, but I, I found a picture of a Mark V, which is the last one built that served in World War One that the British sent to Russia to help the whites during the Russian Civil War. This particular tank was captured by the Red Army, and it looks like it's painted white. I, I'm not sure. I'm assuming that it is. It looks awesome. There's a bunch of dudes standing all over it. It's dirty. I was like, oh, my God, I got to build this thing. I have a Mark V. I, I love British tanks in World War One, So I was like, I need to build this. And then we were all just kind of talking about it. And I'm like, oh, let's all just build Rhomboids. I mean, what the hell? Why not? And I want to be clear, it's the Whites was one of the factions in the Russian Civil War. It was the Whites versus the Reds. So the Whites were who the Allies backed. In the Rus they lost. And if you don't know your Russian history, the White Army lost to the Bolsheviks and the Reds and the Communists. That's that's who won the Russian Civil War. Just so everyone knows. That picture is really cool. You sent it to the group of us. And if you didn't pick it already, I probably would have picked it because it's so worn. It's got the sickle and hammer on it. It's got the characteristic, you know, grime and, and it, it does not, it does not have a sickle and hammer it on it. What's above the what's it, in front of the it has area? the original communist oh. logo, which was a hammer and a plow, I think. 
Oh, it was changed to a hammer. Yeah, it was changed to a hammer and sickle in, I want to say, like the late 20s, maybe early 30s. Yeah, the original Communist Party logo, it was a hammer and something else. Um, actually, I think one of the, one of the decal sheets for a TACOM kit has that in there. It's, it's weird looking. You don't see it a whole lot, but yeah, it's not a, just not a hammer and sickle. I learned that recently. That's, that's not something I knew before because I was like, "What? It's a star." I was like, "What is on that star?" And I did some research, and that's what it is—like a hammer and plow or some crap. I don't know. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, John, this is a great topic. I mean, I've made—I've made no secret of one of the things that really drives my modeling and my modeling mojo is being inspired by seeing what other people do and what you guys do, and you know, uh, these group builds are the same way. Um, you know, a bunch of us, I think, are going to do large FTs at some point. It's really awesome to see, you know, we're so lucky as modelers, all these armored cars and all these tanks from World War One in the last couple of years. It's just been really, it, it's it's almost kind of redefined for armor modelers what's available in that, in 35th scale, certainly. And uh, it's really, really inspiring. But yeah, it's definitely inspired me for sure. Yeah, Copper State Models, I, I think, needs a big, huge pat on the back for bringing World War One stuff back. People say Tacom started doing the the wrong uh, the British tanks though, but Copper State Models is the one that brought World War One back to armor builders. They started with their Rolls Royce armor cars. The, their new kit is phenomenal. It's it's a beautiful kit. To go back to JB's topic, I I, I find I get very sidetracked very easily. Um, I like to read a lot, so I hear a story or I read a something about something and. I get locked into it and then, you know, and then I'm like squirrel, there's something silver over here. So I'm, I'm gone and I'm down another. And I, I've started one of my, I don't know, I guess one of my hobby goals for 2023 is to stay more focused and build, get better at figure painting. I, I really been staying really watching that and make it better. I really started reading, I, I read the Lord of the Rings trilogy again, and that really started me painting dwarves end of last year. So I've got like four or five of them and I got like three or four more to go I want to do. So that's trying to focus myself on that. But when you have companies like Tacom come out with a 135th scale U-boat conning tower and gun and torpedo bay, I mean, you know, how do you fight that? You know, how do you fight uh, a Sergeant York? You know, when you see those things pop up, you're just like, I'm just like, yeah. I got I to buy, I got to buy, I got to buy, buy. And then Andy, you know, Andy today had the 116th scale gecko model Panzer II on his website today and you know he did a he did an open box review of it it's just fantastic that thing is is the gun on that thing is beautiful i mean that could you could sell that alone yeah i find that problem i have that problem a lot and you know i've got a part of the heavy group and i've got a vehicle that's almost ready for primer myself and i haven't i just haven't got to you know finish with it of course it's a it's a black label dragon kit so it's like pulling your teeth out through your nose so um but you know it's it is what it is, so I just try and focus as much as I can. Yeah, I think World War One is going to be the theme for 2023, at least for me in some regard. Uh, certainly was my last kit of 2022 with the Whippet, but when I look in 2023, it's not only TACOMs, Rhomboids, the new armored car from uh, Copper State, which is the Earhart uh, yeah. EV4. Man, it, the battle bus, it looks sweet. Uh, Sprue Brothers has one. Uh, they're a little pricey, but I, I think they're pretty awesome. I mean, TJ nailed his, uh, the one, the one variant he built. Um, but then I also have the Wing of Wings, um, AEG, which, uh, I call that a strategic project of 2023 because it's going to be a behemoth. But again, World War One bitten by the bug. I don't know what it is, but 
a lot of a lot of options there a lot of you know weathering options vehicle options they're unique the, i think the rivets just call for a lot of weathering techniques it highlights um you know dare i say the fad that's going on you know the last 30 years i guess if you can call that a fad but i i, I love it so and I, and I can't wait to use it again uh you know whether it's highlighting rivets post shading um you know deep shadow washes the, these vehicles and then not to mention the angular plates uh, and the potential for modulation. I, th- I think that's what draws people into World War One vehicles is because they're just so unique um, and you can do so much with them. So I'm certainly looking forward to building a lot. And uh, like I said, it's it's the flavor of the day for me. Yeah, the Tacom Mark One that came out with a trailer with a grenade screen on top too. That's a that's oh, a yeah. that's a and this A7, the German version. Oh, that's a talk about flat surfaces and some detail that can be brought out. So yeah, and I mean, you know, uh, we've mentioned his name twice already. I'll mention it a third time for good luck, Jackson Stanton. You know, he's he built the Tadpole last year. I think that's an inspiring build, uh, and it's something I have in my cart right now. It's Screw Brothers, so it's uh, it's just really cool. I, I I think they got a lot of potential, and the photographs from the front uh, with you know the blown up Earth all around them, the guys just schlepping all over them, and uh, just just really unique scenes for scale modelers to take advantage of, uh, especially like when they're cresting a hill or they're down in a ditch. Uh, you know, one of the things I often struggle with is the vertical element of dioramas. I don't build very many dioramas, but a lot of mine are flat. And I find that, you know, these unique subjects uh, lend themselves to be vertical. And the picture I found for Mark IV uh, has it cresting over a hill and a kind of a dude resting on it. So I don't know, just a lot of cool potential. Uh, I'm, I'm in, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid and, and I, I'd encourage more people to join in and, and especially with the discussion too uh, online. Yeah, Jackson's also doing that Rolls-Royce armored car right now. Yeah. And they're really doing a good job on that. I'm excited to see where he goes with that. We still got to get uh, uh, St. Shaman out of uh, TJ here pretty quick, though. Yeah, we want to see St. Chamond. <laughs> it's sitting over there. It's primed. I'm just ready to go. That camo yeah. scheme, though. <laughs> You're doing the really intricate one, right? Yeah. I mean, wow. I, have a ma- I have a mask set for it, but holy shit. <laughs> yeah. I, every time I look at it, I'm like, well, let's I mean, this <laughs> it's like I mean, four it should, colors. Yeah. It should least. be easy for a master figure painter like yourself. <laughs> They're masks. They're for spraying. I'm not hand painting that shit. Are you kidding me? Ugh. <laughs> 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 Okay, hold on. It's not that I can't, it's that I won't. It's yeah. look, it's it's the same when I when I was trying to I posted a picture of the nutcracker and I'm like, oh, I need to come up with a camo color. And Brian Krieger's like, oh, how about blue? I'm like, yeah, maybe. He's like, Yeah, you could splinter camo. And I'm like, Brian, I no, I'm not the amount of masking it takes to make splinter camo, no thanks. You know, John, you mentioned the vertical element. Um, I'm excited to see that little whip. It turned out fantastic in 170 seconds. I'm excited to see kind of where you base that and and uh, what that looks like. Yeah, I picked up a bases by Bill base two years ago, uh, and it's actually like a double wide 35th scale base for just figures. That is, so it's really tight and small, but it's high. So I figure if I can. You know, you can put it square on the base and have it angled up like cresting a hill. So I think I need to do that, get a nice little plaque for it. So again, I don't know why finishing that, the color combo with, it's really interesting too. I guess, I guess we're going to go down call this the World War One episode for people who don't know about World War One that are talking about World War One. Um, so, you know, I'll leverage Jackson's name again 
talking about the paint scheme of it, you know, I always thought they were green, uh, you know, flat out. Um, so, you know, him coaching through using straight up to me, a khaki, and then I lightened it with deck tan. And then after you add some layers of weathering, it actually does have a green hue to it, but it's, it's just a really interesting color, uh, when using on those kinds of vehicles. And I was originally going to do my Mark four in a German markings. And then after doing the whip it with the tech, with the khaki, I'm like, man, I want to, I want to bump this up to a larger scale, uh, and bump up the intensity of the modulation, the, you know, highlights of the rivets, and then also the chip paint that it, sometimes you really struggle with that in 72nd scale. It's hard to get it in scale, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm in, I'm, I'm, I'm down with the sickness. So, so yeah. Yeah. British tank color from World War One is, I wouldn't say is a divisive sub- subject. It's, it's because a no primer. Of right. five, but <laughs> right, but like no one really knows the exact color because there there wasn't the standards and and all this stuff. It's been described in, in writing various ways, and I think that probably Tamiya Khaki is probably the closest to what it really looks like because there is what well, I think it's a Mark IV. You probably saw it. That's in I think it's the one that was in Cambry saw service still in this original color at uh, Bovington. Um, and it's the only one that, that I think in existence st- still known to be in its original color. Now, granted, that paint is now a hundred years old. So, yeah. I mean, okay, but it is a brownish, ugly color. That being said, they look better in green. <laughs> I've done a whipping in green. I knew it was the wrong color and I don't care. That thing looks dope. I love it. It's the first tank I ever built and it's hands out and it's one of my favorite. I will never part with that model. Not because it's my first. I don't really care about that. I love that thing so much. And it, it's green and it looks, it looks pretty freaking sweet and green. I'm not forgetting yeah. about the tracks. And the tracks are pretty good. They're, they're, they're not bad. Not bad. Okay job. Yeah. The IPMS, they loved them tracks. Yeah. That, that it was a big hit. You. <laughs> that elevated you for best armor. Yeah. Yeah. That's man. Um, <laughs> I saw I saw Ivan go off mute down there. I'm sure Ivan, you're going to mention the uh, probably the best preserved color uh, of, of World War One. Jackson showed us at Bovington. Oh yeah, that thing, the Liberty Tank model. That was I couldn't remember the name. Yeah, it's 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 completely original of like the only surviving in person actual colored piece of thing. Best preserved. Is, yeah. That's what I'm after. Yeah. Um. And it. it I mean, when you look at it, yeah, it, it's like a. a green um yeah it's it, it's not a nice color it's a very it's, ugly color it's got like a bronzy kind of like yeah it's you, usually you would never select to paint anything on the planet in that color ever yeah um but yeah that's that's a great reference and i know he's got lots of photos of it and there's plenty of photos on the internet but obviously you go yeah uh but just going back to the the whole world war one thing when i came back from telford i was in a proper big world war one thing I'd say at Nats as well, you bought seven TACOM romboids. <laughs> but yeah, I bought them. I, I bought them not knowing what they were. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's yeah, it's a cool tank. I, I have started one. I need to get back to it. I'm probably going to just use that one for the builds because I did step one on the instruction sheet and then just stop. So that's technically unstarted. That's technically a fresh kit. So I'll, I'll use that one. I'm probably going to do it in the German markings. But I think the World War One is, is such an interesting subject to model because it was at a time where the landscape of war was completely different to any war fought before. So new technologies were having to be like thought of really quickly. And it's, it's just so interesting to see what strange concoctions engineers thought up to think, this might work. And then they were stuck into mass production and here we are. 
But yeah, there's there's so many interesting vehicles to do. So many good model kits out nowadays. Yeah. And it's, it's good to see we do have, I know Tommy's War is, I think, either going out or is now out of business, but really nice racing figures. We are getting a lot more World War One stuff coming out, which is really good to see because it's such a great subject. It's it's so interesting to model. There's so many stories you can tell either in vignettes or dioramas. The vehicles are interesting. It is a very wide subject in itself, especially with the aircraft. Like, my God, you'd have to be brave to fly a carrier bag with an engine on it. Yeah, the, the subject choices you've got, there's a plethora. So yeah, I'd like to say I'm still on the World War One thing. I think playing uh, Battlefield 1 really helps. I know TJ doesn't do it as much these days because of work, but playing that game just in city is like, ooh, I want to build that. So so yeah, World War One, such such an interesting subject. I don't think I'm ever not going to be in the mood to build it. I just I need to be in the actual mood to build. Well, bro, ICM is coming out with a couple of new ones also. Uh, ICM's mm-hmm. got that brand new truck coming out, the Royal, the RN truck, the gray. It's got the armored on the sides and the, uh, the armored cockpit or the driver's position. That's going to be really good. That comes out next month. I think another thing about World War One too is that everybody thinks that it was all Western Front, uh, but there was the Eastern Front, as TJ talked about or talked about before. There was battles in the Caucasus. There was uh, everything in the Middle East. Also in World War One, there was also you know Gallipoli and Turkey and those areas, um, Italy, uh, the Alps, where you know Rommel won his haunted blue max uh but the italians fought with the american or the u.s forces on those in those well actually the, the british forces sorry ivan uh, we only came in the last year of the war well we won though so it doesn't matter uh <laughs> i just did that to piss you off but you know there's so many different areas um everybody like always says oh let's just think about it. it's the trenches and just the you know the western front but no there was a lot of you know the british sent expeditionary forces to russia that russian british manned armored cars that fought right along each other along the whole front so you know it's it's a very interesting you know it's a very interesting war there's a lot of great figures like ivan you talked about i like to bring up the company uh body b-o-d-i they have some really really good resident figures of course tommy war which is sad but you know you know it is what it is there's a lot of them out there though so it's going to be i think it's going to be the 2023 subject for us so that's great to hear yeah i think for me too world war one I guess I'm so fascinated with it now is because some of these vehicles, they last, you know, it's really interesting. It's, it's, Honestly, the first large-scale mechanized warfare type, you know, event. But it's interesting to see how these vehicles, to this day, are, are still out there. A good example, some I'll list a few that kind of stick out that I've, I've actually had a chance to model one of them. You know, the Mark V Hermaphrodite that was captured by the Russians, I believe it was Smolensk, and it was from the Civil War that TJ talked about. They were they were repainted and then captured by the captured by the Germans at Smolensk. Um, brought back to Berlin. Two of them were in Berlin. And there's a story on a Butte Panzer page about an aviator that was shot down and then got a ride in one through the city. And it talks about, it's like a, it's like a half page, you know, quick 30 second read, but it's incredibly fascinating how this vehicle and its transition from, you know, the British to the Germans to the, you know, sorry, the British to the Russians to the Germans and, and then ultimately back into Russian hands. Uh, at, you know, right in front of essentially the cathedral there in Berlin. Another example is seeing the Whippets recently, again, building the Whippet, doing some research, looking in the Whippets that went to China. And actually it was, or sorry, Japan. I, I was looking up research on the IO, uh, or the OI, 
in trying to understand kind of the history of the you know Japanese tank force. And some of the earliest examples are whippets and other vehicles from you know what Western nations that they could procure because they didn't have the ability to manufacture them in country. Uh, and then seeing these vehicles pop up again and again, uh, the latest example was what 2003 timeframe. They found two of them in a junkyard in Afghanistan and brought them back. I mean, under seeing that and seeing them still out there is just really interesting. And some of them are friggin' huge. I mean, it's unbelievable. You see this thing, you know, you put yourself in their shoes. You get 15, 16 year old kid, barely ever saw a car, used to horses. And then there's this building looking thing with guns going across this barren landscape. It's like the moon. It's just really incredible to to think about these vehicles um, and, and what they did, where they served. And I think, you know, also I'll just claim ignorance. I don't know a lot about World War One. And seeing the kits from Wingnut, seeing the Copper State models are, are really educational for that matter and show the diversity of subjects where I always thought there was a Whippet, a Rhomboid, and an A7V, and nothing else existed on the Western Front. And it's cool to see. And then in the sky, obviously, we have the Hawker triplane, uh, the Fokker triplane, pardon me, uh, Sopwith Camel, and, you know, a couple of like the Pup and a few others. But it's, it's again, it's very educational uh, because that's one of the things that, dare I say, my library and stash. I don't focus on that subject matter, um, and it's really interesting to see them in kit form, and it's increased my interest in it and procuring of books and resources. So, yeah, it's it's a rabbit hole, but a really cool one. Yeah, and don't forget the FT. You know, I got out yeah. to MVTF in 2010 before it was broken up, and and uh, some of it sold, and some of it sent to Callings, and one of the pieces that I just really was blown away by was our first tank, which was a licensed copy of the FT-17. And it was used in Japan and I mean, everywhere, you know, it was just such a revolutionary design, really pretty incredible. But yeah, it's a, uh, it's a lot of fun to talk about a lot of great kits. It's going to be a, a fun year, I think, even from this group, but also with the listeners out there, I bet we see a lot of them. And, and don't forget mini art too, you know, mini art's got some Really great armor cars and more on the way, which is amazing. Doug, do they have rhomboids in Star Wars? Not that I'm aware of. I, I haven't seen them. Although they have this ATM-6, the Gorilla Walker. I don't know. I was just going back to what I was talking about earlier, just because I have nothing to add to this discussion. I know Jack. You know, you two, th- you know two things about rhomboids, Jack and, <laughs> and <squat>. Jack left down. <laughs> <laughs> So coming up next, we've got a live conversation with uh, all of us and Jackson, our good friend that he's been mentioned several times tonight. And we're going to go through basically our favorite kits of the year, what we thought about them, um, some of the stuff we talked about earlier, also about what our plans are for 2023. Uh, Going forward, some of the shows we want to attend, um, some great information about uh, maybe some future projects that might be coming up with some of our friends. And uh, and some maybe some more videos. I'm just throwing that out there. So um, please sit back. This is going to be a long conversation. It was a great conversation. We had a great time doing this. So sit back, enjoy, pour yourself a drink, and here we go. All right. Good evening, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. This is the Plastic Posse. We are live, and it is all six hosts here at the Plastic Posse, plus a special guest, our friend Jackson Stanton. We're going to do a quick around the room to see how everybody's doing, and then we're going to open up to 
topics around what did we do in 2022, what did we love most, what did we hope to accomplish in 2023, and really just have a free-flowing discussion around the hobby in which we love, which is scale modeling. And also, if you feel so inclined, please drop a comment in the chat, ask a question at any time, we'll pop it up on the screen, and we'd love to interact with everybody. So with that, I'm going to kick it over to Scott to see how you're doing tonight, man. Doing really well. Looking forward to a long holiday weekend of modeling, and uh, it's always fun to spend a little bit of time at the bench. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'm going to do this weekend for uh, New Year's. How about you, JB? I am going to be taking it easy. I will be working on a model, hopefully finishing the Whippet before the weekend's out, and just clean up a few things and getting ready for the new year. So... But enough about me. Grant, center of the screen on my end. How's it going out in South, Southern California? Uh, pretty good. Good. It's been uh, really beautiful out here. So we had like an 80-degree Christmas. All the rest of you guys, I'm sorry about all the freezing weather. Um, but we are getting rain the next couple of days. Uh, plan on spending the long weekend working on some figures. Plus, I got a 3D copy of a 135th scale uh, M1918 uh, first uh, U.S. tank. So I'm going to work on that a little bit, too. So that's what I plan for the weekend. Awesome. Awesome. So definitely saying hi to Grizz, our friend Derek Post, and then also Stephen as well. Thanks so much for tuning in. We're going to go across the pond where it's very early and a very sickly Ivan is joining us. So we are grateful for your presence and we hope you're feeling better. How are you tonight otherwise? I'm all right. Um, yeah, I'm in good company. So I'm fine. I can't be ill when around you guys. <laughs> Well, I know I'm always happy when I see you, so thank you so much for joining us. Uh, let's go over to the D.C. metro area. TJ, how are you tonight? Pretty good. Uh, I just got back from North Carolina yesterday evening, so that's good. And, uh, yeah, I got a long weekend as well. I was off today, so I spent the day playing video games. It was nice. And, uh, yeah, going to get some modeling done maybe this evening and probably nice. during the weekend. Is the nut rocker on the table? It is. You might be able to see it behind me. It's a big brown oval. Um, and then in pieces next to it is the, uh, Das Work. It's, it's a French gun of some kind. I don't remember the caliber. Jackson probably knows. 155 millimeter, I think. You got it, yep. So I started poking around with that last night when I got home. So I'll probably, um, build on that a little bit while I'm waiting for paint to dry. Very nice. Very nice. So we're going to go over to Utah, the center of the screen for me. Some say he was the snake handler in the movie Anaconda, but we know him as Doug. How are you tonight, good sir? I'm good, thanks. Um, you know what? It's You guys talk about your long weekends. Well, I had a long week and a half. I've been off since the 23rd of December, and I don't go back till the 3rd of January to work. So it's been a good good week and a half and uh got a little modeling done a little bit of work done in the basement and yes handled the snakes nice nice and we're gonna go back to the east coast where it looks like a cozy evening in the residence of jackson stan how are you tonight good sir thanks for joining us i'm doing all right like ivan i'm uh woke up sick this morning with uh some cold or something so it's not great but like you said being here makes me much more uh warm inside <laughs> uh like doug i um I, I got off the 23rd and uh i'll be off until the third so I've, I've had plenty of time to be at the bench which has been awesome but the modeling gods they need balance and so they they said no more modeling for you while you're off you're gonna be stuck in bed <laughs> yeah, well 
certainly I love your modeling. We've seen the howitzer that TJ mentioned already, but we can also see on your bench the M6. I do, yep. I'm getting some work done on that. Um, it's not too far off. I'm excited to get it done and get it uh, in paint. So nice, very nice, Damien. Thanks for tuning in. Very nice to. Very nice to have you on board. So I think the first discussion topic of tonight, we're going to go around the room again, but we're going to focus on the best build from 2022. It was a great question posed on the Facebook group, got a lot of great interactions. We saw a lot of great work, but I'd love to start off by sharing my screen. And we're going to go around the room here and highlight some of our builds that we think were best. And I would love to ask my co-hosts to take a moment to describe their build. Why do they consider it their best? And, you know, what, what do they, you know, what do they love most about it, essentially, and, and tell that story. So up first is Doug with his Achilles. Well, that's uh, the uh, Tamiya 148 scale kit. Um, I always, I always say I'm not an armor builder, but I built seven tanks this year, which for me is a, is a whole lot. Um, but I had a lot of fun on this little kit. And what I think sets it apart for me is. Um, all the aftermarket stuff I did, whether I did it, I don't even know some of the, in some cases, if I did it well, or if I did it right, like, I mean, was, does it look realistic? I don't know. But for me, I did things that I've never even thought about before. Um, I made the tarps with epoxy sculpt. I used the value gear, uh, aftermarket sets, um, added, uh, made little paper straps to, uh, to, uh, hang stuff off the side of the turret. Um, Used a lot of, uh, mud effects and, and stuff on it. Just, I just had a good time. It was one that should have taken me about 10 hours and ended up being about 20 to 25 hours after I started just adding things to it. And, uh, one of the things that made it a lot of fun was, um, I posted it to our posse Facebook page and started, I'd ask people, what, what do I need to do? What do I need to do to take this to another level? And, and so I got. Uh, all kinds of recommendations from people all over the world and, and spent, uh, days and days just trying to add, add to it and, uh, make it what it became. Is it perfect? Not even close. I, I plan on doing more armor this year and I'd like to uh, do, um, better than this, but, uh, I, I'm super happy with this, this model and how it came out. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's, it's awesome, but what I love is the stowage on it. I think you did a great job. Like you said, the custom tarps and overall a really, 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 really great finish. Thank you. Yeah, I'd echo that, Doug. I think this is your best armor piece to date and uh, look forward to see what else is coming down the pike from you. Well, I love those, to me, a 40A scale kits. I'm just running low on them. I built most of what I had already, so I'll have to get some more. Nice. Nice. So up next, we have Grant Mayberry with Thanos. So tell us a little bit about this, Grant. Uh, this was one of my very first busts. This is actually, the bust is actually pretty big. I think it's like one six scale. Um, and it was my first attempt at something larger than 28 millimeter or one thirty fifth. Um, I really like the, the, the tones of the colors of, the the Manos figure so the 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 really dark red lips the the purplish skin with the the gold um why this makes my best um I have never painted eyes before like this so um and I think these came out really well um and then once I got the eye painted I took a little bit of um 
Vallejo uh, water wet and put it over the eyes to give it that glossy look. So that helped a lot. And dabbed a little bit on the lips, as you can see, and gave it a little bit more personality. Um, you know, it was just a basic work with the, the metals were actually, I used the very, very old tester paints. I don't know if you guys remember back in the day, um, the tester paints and the little bottles, they have a gold color back from back then. It's just a great color. So, but that was my best one. So, and it resides with my bet, one of my great friends right now who's, uh, on here. So it, um, I, I really feel it's, that's the funnest part for me is that he, he likes it so much and so he can have it. So. It does. He live. He, he's uh, safe and sound and warm at, my, <laughs> at Scott's house. So, and, and I would agree with you, Grant. I think what, what sets this piece apart for me is just the eyes. The eyes are stunning and uh, really, really lifelike for this bust. I, the purple tones, I think this photograph doesn't do it justice. The purple tones are really rich and you mentioned the golds, but the eyes to me are what makes your piece special. It's really good. Oh, appreciate that. Yeah, I just echo Scott. You know, when I saw this piece at Nats, I loved it. Uh, and I, I love the high base you put it on. I think the gold is fantastic. And the eyes, again, going back to them, I, I think they really stand out. And I keep looking to my left because I have it blown up on a bigger screen. But really, 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 really does a great job of, of mm -hmm. capturing that look from the uh, Marvel Universe. So can't wait to see what you have next on on on, on the plate. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. It, the funny thing about the base is that it, if you notice the figure, he's looking down. So I had, if I had to put him up high, so <laughs> I, uh, I found a leg from an old couch and flipped it over. So it, you know, gives that concave shape and it, the actual base fit it perfectly. So it was, that's a couch leg it's sitting on top of. So it's anything to make it look better, I guess. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, so up next we have Desolate by the Sir Ivan James Taylor. Yeah, um, a, a, a nice piece, very original piece, often imitated, never duplicated. Um, it's I, I love it. It's it's to this day one of my all time favorite builds I've ever done. Not just this year. It was it was a lot of first. It was my first time really in anger using two part epoxy resin for water. It was my first scene that involved quite a bit of scratch building. Um, my first Mac kit, my first time doing something so vibrant, and it's also my first time doing something so weathered. I just love it. Um, every time I look at that image specifically, um, I'm, I'm amazed that I produced it. Um, it's, I just love it. The weathering on it is, is for me, just, is perfect, which I never think my work is like really good. This one is. The mood, the story it tells, everything about it is, it just is right. Um, which, which again is, is rare for me. Um, being my first Mac kit, obviously I wanted to do something a bit different. So I was like, well, the whole Mac aesthetic is really cool. Don't get me wrong. I really like it. But I was like, well, how can I make it look a bit more different? Um, so I went with this, we'll just call it like, uh, industrial equipment look rather than. What I intended to have it modeled off, which was a construction protectron from the Fallout universe, which it, 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 if you see it in the game, you can see what it's supposed to look like. But yeah, it's, it's just one of those builds that I look at and I'm like, yeah, that's, that's one of those builds where kind of everything went right. I just, I really enjoy it. And it's, 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 it's got quite a presence. It doesn't look massive in the pictures, but it's, it's quite big. 
because the base is quite tall, so it has quite quite the presence on the table. I really enjoy it. It's 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 just fun for me to look at. Yeah, I'd echo that. You know, you mentioned it being bigger than it looks. Uh, certainly, that was the case at Telford when I was. Uh, and I think you had prime lighting at Telford as well. You were out kind of in the center of the comp, and it it really looked really looked great. And I think what stands out to me most, Ivan, is the yellow look, but then also the rust patina. You know, that's something that I think is very hard to accomplish, especially over that type of color. And the rust tone is is absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, maybe talk a little bit about, you know, what, what was that tone you used? And then, and, you know, was it wet blending, dry blending, combination of the both? Oh, uh, yeah. So, uh, the base was originally, it was, it was just a random mix of like dark brown and black for a rusty color, painted on the model, then her spray technique for the yellow. Um, and then chip through all that, get all the desired chips I wanted. And then all of the rusting and the patinas were achieved with ammo streaker rust. That's all it was. Literally take it from the, from the, the applicator, put it on the model, leave it to dry for about 10 minutes, just so it's not shiny anymore. And then with odorless thinner, just applying the thinner next to where I've applied the rust. So it leaches into it and then pulls it away. It, it just, you get this kind of perfect effect where it looks like the rust is slowly leaching and leaking out rather than it looking like it's applied to the model. It's, it, it, First time doing it and first time it worked. I'm usually quite scared of trying new techniques, but like I said, it's just one of those models where things just went right. I really like the, the storytelling in this one. I think it's, it's fantastic. It just sets a mood as soon as you, you look at it for the first time. And then as you take in all the details on it, it just kind of continues to build on that and really, really tells you a story. It's, it's really a great piece, Ivan. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, Ivan, the, the the figure is beautiful, but you know what really stood out to me was the the wood on the deck or the the pier. It it the, you did such a fantastic work on that wood. It's just so good. It's I'm just very impressed with that. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, it means a lot because it's uh, it's, yeah, it's just a build that I enjoy. So if other people can enjoy it, like you guys said, it even better. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, it's dope. What's next? What's the next Mac project? Mm. I've um, <clears throat> I've got quite a selection. Uh, I've got a Mark Forty Four to pick up mid January. Kind of want to do that, but then I've got, uh, I've I've got a um, Lunar Camel. I want to do, but that's a big, awkward project. Um, don't know. It's going to be toss of a coin sort of thing, and we'll just see what months on the desk. Nice. Can't wait for it. Maybe you do a snowscape abandoned camel. Who knows? Maybe. All right. Up next, we have our special guest for tonight, Jackson Stanton. Tell us a little bit about this big bad boy, the temple. All righty. Uh, first and foremost, it's impossible to photograph. Um, <laughs> so this is the TACOM 135th Tadpole, um, more or less the only game on the market. Um, the build was one that fought me. Um, I, this was the build I, I did right after getting back from nationals. I got back, I had a little minor personal trip and then I got back and from that and immediately hit the bench with this. So I had a lot of energy going into it. That's probably the only reason I actually got through the build portion, but I'm glad I did, uh, because what makes this build 
you know, one of my favorites this year. I think my best work is all the weathering I did on it and uh, just painting in general. So with this build in particular, I completely changed up like my style. I went with, you know, very dark undertones for the base tone. And then I did a lot of uh, modeling to uh, just give a lot of visual interest. It was also my first time doing a lot of speckling. So there's a lot of like oil and dirt and dust specks all over it. Um, I also tried out highlighting individual rivets for the first time. I thought it was like the perfect subject to do it. So I went and painted all 5,000 rivets on this thing in a lighter version of my base tone. Um, and then the finishing off the build, I was really nervous about doing the mud on it uh, because I've always struggled, struggled with earth effects. Uh, never really been able to get it to look right, in my opinion. Uh, so this time I, I really thought about it. I planned it out. I tried using earth from my garden for the first time. So I was able to use that. I used like basically my whole range of enamel and oil effects I had for weathering, even some acrylic mud as well. Uh, I used some scatter that looks like dry leaves. Uh, so yeah, really just overall, all the techniques that I tried on it for the first time, I think worked out really, really well. Uh, and I wasn't certain that they would when I went into it. So it was a very rewarding build. Yeah, I love this build. Uh, yeah, you know how much I love this build. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's one of those, I think, of all the models you've done, that the earth effects and the weathering on that is just, it's just top tier. Uh, it has the pedigree. It's, yeah, it's, it, I, I enjoy looking at that model. I love it. Well, thank you. Yeah. I would yeah. give it to you, but I'm going to build out my model case a little bit more and take yeah. it down to a few more shows, and then you can have it. Okay. <laughs> Classic Ivan, I'm taking this. Yeah. <laughs> well, he that's, is British. That's mine. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to go over uh, Ivan's house. There's going to be the British Museum. Yeah. <laughs> this is All this stuff I miraculously found. <laughs> now, going back to the build, Jackson, I, I love this piece, too. Had the opportunity to see it. At Telford, did you have it done at Nats? Uh, no, mm -hmm. I did it right after Nats. Okay, that's what I thought. So seeing it at Telford was pretty awesome. Uh, just a really odd-looking vehicle, like you said, the patina, uh, the different earth effects. Uh, I even like the white, uh, you know, scallop there to show where the original silhouette was. Um, I, I just think you knocked it out of the park, and I think I'm going to have to buy a tadpole now. <laughs> <laughs> I can't blame you. It's it's a cool vehicle. And got a lot of cool history too. And a little like fun fact about this build is, um, in the kit, it, it might have been user error, but I, I know at least one other person that had this issue. The kind of extension, the tail part, uh, tends to bow inward. And at first I really fought with that to get it straight. Um, but then when I was doing my research, I actually found out that that's the whole reason why this thing didn't really get fielded because those were constantly like wiggling back and forth when it was turning and driving and stuff. And it was like bending and breaking. So I thought it was a cool little thing. And now I can hand wave off, you know, my, my build quality. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm curious as to what your favorite part of this is, you know, in retrospect, is it the year airbrush work? Is it your weathering? You know, what about this build? Did you like the most? I, I would have to say if I had to pick a single thing, it would be the mud. Um, Cause I, I think I nailed the look I was going for. Um, but really it is just like the combination of all of these things, all the techniques I tried on this build are things that I've carried into build since. And it's kind of like really honed in what I think is going to be my style going forward. 
Um, I, for those of you that have seen the Rolls Royce that I'm working on, it's a very similar build. I'm actually using like the same wash color. It's also gray. Um, a lot of modeling. And I, I think it, it was the build that I, like I said, figured out my style, um, with. So if you can consider that my favorite part, then I'd probably pick that. Yeah. It yeah. almost sounds like a level up build. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's interesting you mentioned the Rolls Royce because Jackson, as soon as you were stating that, I was like, man, bingo, Rolls Royce. It has that feel. But I would say in the Rolls Royce, and for our listeners, I'm sure Jackson will share it soon enough in the group, you've, you've almost punched it another level in terms of, uh, shading, not only pre and post, uh, but really that wash and, and uh, dare I say it has a very night shift flavor to it. Oh, that's a very high compliment. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to get that build finished out and get some pictures posted of it because um, the last build I did, the Samoan, it was a very interesting color scheme and I, I wasn't really sure how to weather it. I couldn't really use the same techniques that I use on most of my builds. So I wasn't entirely happy with how it came out. But with the Rolls Royce, I felt like a relief, like a return to form. And so it's, it's gonna be super pumped to get it done. Beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. All right. Up next, we have TJ. So <clears throat> I think we, I think I talked about this in our last episode. This is called Offline. It's by Pedro Fernandez Works. Um, it's a 110 scale, uh, resin bus. It's out of, um, Spain, I believe is where they're based. Um, I chose this one because, uh, one, the sculpt is amazing, which isn't anything I had to do with it. Um, I love this sculpt. It's one of my favorite sculpts. I saw, oh, I can't remember. And I feel bad because, um, I've talked to him before and it told him how much I like it, but there's a, a painter that I followed on Instagram that has been working on this for months and months and months. Um, he's just kind of puts it away and then comes back to it and, when I saw his, I was like, I got to have that. So I found out where to get one and I got it. Um, but why I chose this one is my best build. Um, I think it's because I like it so much. It's, it turned out a, pretty much exactly the way I wanted. Um, which is rare. I think for anyone, uh, for working on anything, you know, there's always something that you don't really quite like. There's maybe like one or two spots where I'm like, oh, I can maybe be a little bit better, but overall, I just really like the way it turned out. Um, I really played with the textures on pretty much everything. Um, the skin work was some of my best. Um, and yeah, I, I just love this thing so much. The, the gray is that, is that like a shirt or a scarf? Um, like around her neck and down below? It's a scarf. Yeah. I just, I think the paintwork that you did on that is just for me, it just, this is a really great piece. Uh, sorry, it's all right, but but um, <laughs> but, but, the, but the the fabric TJ on this is is really good. And in in all seriousness, I just I've always liked the way you painted that. Oh, thank you. I'd yeah. I'd like to add um, not just the the cloth, but then that leather coat. Yeah. She's got a jacket. The the layering and then the the weathering on it, especially on the fold there on the inside. That's, that's outstanding work. Cause I mean, there's no doubt exactly what I'm looking at. I'm looking at leather. I'm not looking at, at resin with paint on it. That looks real. Yeah. I'm actually very, um, very proud of that little, 
little section right there. That's the best piece of leather on it. Um, yeah, and I, I kind of went with like a purplish tone. I, I've, I've never seen purple leather before, but it's like a cyberpunk futuristic type thing. Um, yeah, she's got a big scar down her face and you can't see from this picture, but she has like electronics in her ear and stuff. And obviously the weird mask, some sort of robot mask, I guess. I, I don't know. So I'm like, Oh, they probably have purple leather in the future. Who knows? I mean, we might have it now. I don't know. I don't wear a leather jacket. Jackson would know. He wears a leather jacket. He's cool. <laughs> Certainly not purple. I'm not the Joker. <laughs> I'll uh, say some stuff too. I don't think I've seen this in person yet. Because uh, I don't think you had done it before, Pen- or not PenCon, uh, MarauderCon. I think that's the last time I saw you, is, other than when you that came is over. Correct. Um, I'm really excited to see it in person. I think I think someone said it earlier. The texturing on this, I think, is like my favorite part. Like the scarf, the the chest piece, the leather. It just everything looks like the material it's meant to represent. It doesn't just look painted. Um, especially like when I first saw this build, I think the chest piece was the one that stuck out the most because it really does just look like cold steel or some sort of, you know, sci-fi alloy or something. It just gives that vibe. And yeah, I'm really, really stoked to see this in person because it's one of my favorite pieces of yours. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yes, right. I, yeah. I like the hair. I mean, the, to tell you the truth, um, the, if you look at the bottom of her hair, you can see a lighter tone like natural hair does when it gets longer. Keep the lighter tones on the end and it's darker on top. It's just, this is like everybody said, TJ, it's, it's amazing. Amazing. Uh, I see Tim had a, Hey Tim. Um, I see you had a question. Uh, you asked, uh, did I block out the white streak or paint over the brown on the hair? So I painted the whole head, all the hair brown all the way. Um, the highlights and everything. And then I went back and added the, the white streak. Um, cause I wasn't really sure if I was going to do the white streak or I was thought about maybe doing a different color, but, um, I really like Rogue from the X-Men. Um, it, she's one of my favorite X-Men characters. So she, I think she actually has two white streaks, but I was like, yeah, I might as well. So yeah, I went back and painted it. It's all AKA third gen acrylics for the white streak. I, I have their, they're white and gray set. It's like six bottles. It's it's pretty good. Nice. Very, very nice. All right. If there are no more questions on TJ's build, we're going to go on to Scott, our fearless Ooh. leader. We are not worthy of this build. This is, <clears throat> wow. Well, I, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, just on this build, um, it, it kind of in conjunction, you know, we talked about this on the latest pod, but in, in conjunction with what we talked about, I wanted to do a build where, um, a base and a presentation was a big part of, of what I did. And so that's really kind of what I spent a lot of time, probably half of the time on this project was on the base and the presentation. Um, so I took three of the the Bandai um, panels that come in the kits and put them together. I took some from other kits and kind of created something I liked. And then uh, Josh Buck, who was on our last episode, a good friend of mine, we took some MDF and played around with some designs and ended up on kind of this recessed base. And then I took the base and used some auto body uh, filler and did seven um coats of that and then i would wet sand each coat so i got a nice smooth 
finish. And then, um, local trophy shop made me look good. I took some, some fonts off of the internet and some information and did a couple plates, one on each side. And, uh, they did a great job printing, uh, printing those up and making them look good. And then in the little exhaust port thing, um, there, my wife uh, made me a bullseye target is just kind of a fun little, you know, silly thing to add to it. So, yeah. And it was, it was a fun project, but yeah, we really wanted something that I could make a presentation with. So that's what I was shooting for. Yeah, Scott, this is dope. I, did you add anything to the kit or is it, is it purely out of the box? Uh, kits just purely out of the box. Um, you know, I kind of did my own scheme. I, I tend to do that a little bit, you know, um, everybody that not everybody, but most of the people that build Y wings generally stick with the, you know, the one on the box and I wanted to go a little different. And then I, I used, um, three different mid-tone grays for the, mm -hmm. the uncovered body panels and tried to go from dark to light and then just sort of built, built from there. And then. I didn't like the droid head in the Bandai kit. I thought it was too small. So I had a leftover droid head from a fine mold 72nd scale kit and used that one instead. So I guess I used one part from a fine, a fine molds <laughs> kit. You're out of the basic kit category. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> Scott, this thing is just, it's, I can't wait to see this in person. That middle section of the body frame there is the detailing and the, the weathering you've done in that thing is just, it, it just stands out so much. Definitely, definitely a very, very, very great build. Well, thank you. Thank you, Grant. I appreciate that. Yeah. So Scott, looking at the uh, engine cells, how'd you do the chipped uh, green paint? Was that hairspray or were you sponging, painting with a brush? So the green on the back of the nacelle or the front? The front. These little guys right here. Yeah. Those are actually, those, that's all hand painted. Um, I wanted it to look like 90, 95% of it was gone, but originally that whole dome was green. And then the, the green on the back, I just did some, some chip, um, hair, some, uh, sponge chipping. Nice. Um, and, and then just, yeah, the chipping and that is on it, especially on the, the nose section. I tried to keep it very, very small because it's just 172nd scale. So tried to do that. It's pretty awesome, man. It's really, really well done. Well, thank yeah. you. That's very nice. Blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Will it be coming to Commies Fest, Scott? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think I'll bring it. Um, you know, probably take it to Seattle as well. It's, it's pretty recent finish. So yeah, I think I'll do that. Texas. Texas, yeah. For sure. Yeehaw. Yeah. <laughs> Better. Oh, man. All right. And last and not least, I guess. Is oh, what? Uh, Who put the uh, monogram kit in here? <laughs> Screw this guy. <laughs> oh, I picked this because uh, uh, it's just one of the builds I thought just really clicked for me. Um, it's Tacom's Yacht Panther. 3D printed parts for the tools, the tracks. Um, I actually 3D printed myself. So I think that was part of the reason too why I love this so much was actually chipping away at that initial investment on a 3D printer and, uh, using tracks that I found on the internet. So 
this is, uh, it was just a lot of fun painted in ammo acrylics and just a lot of different layers of weathering and, and trying to do my best attempt at uh, night shift. But it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully it'll be published sooner rather than later. And yeah, it was, uh, just a jolly good time. Uh, it's not as good as Sam Dwyer's King Tiger or, uh, you know, Jonathan Anderson's, uh, Nubar Fodsod, uh, from Nationals, but you know, it's, uh, it's decent. So but, uh, it's so it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, yeah it's okay. Um, but it, it was a fun build, no less. I, I learned a lot, and I think the biggest thing I learned was um, to accomplish certain types of finishes. It just takes a it just takes a while. Um, when I compare this to some slammer builds, uh, you know, the base paint, the camouflage pattern might be similar, but as you start looking at the different layers, the patina um, chip paint with the rust on it, and then just more layers of dust and debris and all those things, it's it's really a hard to get in a slammer build. So for this, I think taking my time, um, you know, just paid off in a sense. I really I like. Uh, go ahead, Ivan. No, no, you, you. I really like the dust that you can see on the on the horizontal surfaces, and uh, this angle doesn't capture them well, but um, those look really, really good. And then also, uh, I'm really digging the the exhaust uh, textures, the rust. You know, it's got a kind of a three-dimensional element to it. I think it looks really terrific, JB. Oh, thanks. I know you're really highly complimentary on Taco's kit. Like, <laughs> I, you, you, I, I know you love the kit. Um, would you say it's the best Yag, Yag Panther out there? Yeah, for me. So this is, you know, for the audience, this is a Yag Panther G1. And the G1s had Zimmeray. And for that reason alone, I would pick this as probably the best G1 kit out there because the Zimmerit, I, I think it looks pretty good for injection molding. And I mean, you can paint it and because I've had multiple people say, Oh, is that ATAC or did you do it yourself? And I'm like, no, that's the kit Zim. And they're like, Whoa, wow, I need to go buy this kit because I know some manufacturers, almost all of them have struggled with Zimmerit patterns or even not only the accuracy of the pattern, but the texture of the pattern. Just It's a very hard thing to, you know, do an injection molding. And I think Tacom nailed this one. Uh, the only thing that was a little bit of um, a workaround was where the MG mount goes into the glacis plate, and that uh, had kind of a bare spot around it. But I was able to blend it with some um, simple Aves epoxy sculpt to kind of replicate that pattern and texture it. But yeah, overall... If I see this kit, I would buy it and build it again. It's full interior. I didn't do the interior, but the outer shell is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Plus, you got the uh, the nice commander up there. Drive, drive me closer so I can shoot him with my pistol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gosh, that commander figure. So that is Alpine's. That was part of their first, I guess you could say, tranche of releases back in the early 2000s, and Taysom probably doesn't remember me, but I was like 16 or 17, and that was, he had the German, he had a Russian, and he had a uh, an Englishman tanker, and that was actually from their first their first release, so it was kind of cool to finally finish that and put that figure in a build. Um, yeah. So. It's pretty. Yeah, it is. And that uh, that tritone, I think you're getting better at that. I think uh, a yeah. few more of these, and you might have the, I mean, that that down. We can't all get shout outs from that. <laughs> you're making me blush. Um, 
<laughs> we're we're gonna move on to somebody else now. Um, I'm gonna change up mm. this a little bit, and I do want to highlight uh, some of our listeners. So I went online and I pulled you know six or seven photos. So apologies for the for the smaller size, everyone. This is Facebook quality, um, but I pulled seven or eight, and I'd like to just highlight them and I and I'd ask for you gents to chime in and. and Tell us what you love about it. But I think it's clear this is Jesse Naughton's piece from his vignette. Uh, it was at the IPMS Nationals. Probably one of the, my most favorite pieces of the group build, not only because of the execution, but the story as well. Yeah, it's a fantastic finish, too. The dust looks so good on, on the uh, black and green camo. You know, it's not overdone. It's not underdone. I think you really nailed that. Yeah. I just really liked it, so I wanted to highlight it. Yeah, the scrapes on it too, the, the scraping on the side, the, uh, the, the plates, you know, and the star where they would chip it away to get rid of that big, huge white target. Um, so it, that, this is a very nice build. Very, very nice. Yeah. One of my favorites. Yep. Yeah, and it was also published in Military Monocraft International or Military. It, it was published recently, and I have the article. It's really, really well done. Wow. Um, and Jesse's a cool guy too. Shame me and Jackson didn't see him in Atlanta this two weekends ago. Hmm. All right, another one that stood out to me: this guy, this, this guy, guy, this guy, great guy, what? gobbles. Um, what's, the, what's the deal with Ian? <laughs> what's the deal with Ian, man? Yeah, eyebones yeah. models. Yeah, just I think every time Ian touches a green Russian tank, he gets better at it. I mean, it's just yeah. his green finishes are just incredible. And, and that yeah. lower hole, oh. I think, I think Ivan would describe that as sublime. <laughs> sublime. Tasty. Yeah. He's got a thing uh, for Russian vehicles. I can yeah. tell you what the deal with Ian is. He's a damn good modeler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> deal with he keeps getting better. Yeah. 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 I saw four. I mean, his, his base level was already pretty high, and it's just yeah. it's just improved. He's yeah. he's really good. <laughs> yeah, it, the exhaust on this thing is if you see a top picture, it's just it, very very good. Yeah, like you said, like everybody says, he's getting so good, and just the greens and the just it just looks great. Yeah. So moving to another Ooh. is Jeremy Moore zero and Jeremy Moore. I have a lot of respect for. Him. I think his his builds are some of the best, either in the air or on the ground. The guy is a master. Yeah, I would agree. I would say that um, Jeremy and uh, Luftrom Chris are, are, I mean, two one seventy second scale modelers that are just, you know, just blowing it, blowing it away. I mean, this doesn't look like a one seventy second scale model. Um, you know, this looks like you know a forty eight or a thirty second scale and. Um, everything that Jeremy does has subtlety to it and is just a beautiful, beautiful zero. Yeah. Yeah. It's the teammate kit. And funny story, Scott, I'm going to call you out live. It is a 48 steel kit. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) sorry. Sorry, Jeremy, but it's still, it's still great. You know, uh, John will actually be talking to Jeremy on the uh, podcast here pretty soon. So we'll have to talk about this piece. I can't wait. Jeremy's a good guy, and uh, he passes through Denver from time to time. He's a pilot, and I hope he can maybe pick the Commies Fest weekend 
to stop by because I know Derek Post is a pilot as well. That would be awesome. All right. The, cow, the cowling on this thing, the black cowling, uh, black <laughs> is so so hard to do, and this is just with the subtle scratches and the chips is just unbelievable. Yeah, he's a master. No yeah, one likes him. yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> Jeremy's great. Super nice guy too. As Scott mentioned, he'll be on the pod. Can't wait to talk about his work, his background, and what he has planned next. Look, Derek was asking if this will be saved, and I believe that answer is yes. The lives. Yeah, it'll be on uh, available on YouTube and also Facebook as well. All right. Up next, we have Justin Ryan. I wanted to call out him. Justin's a really great supporter of the podcast. He shared his P47 with us, the bubble top. Really, really nice work. And uh, yeah, I just thought we should highlight it. And, uh, you know, Justin, again, he's been, he's been a constant supporter. We've seen him develop throughout, you know, his time within the group. And it was, it was great to see him post this. And I, th- I think he did a great job. I love a P47. Anybody that can do steel colored paint, silver colored paint like that is just mm. walking on water. Yes, super yeah, nice. Different, different shades of like the bare metal. On yeah, the it's really yeah. nice. Yeah, just subtle tones like that is just amazing. Cool. We will continue flipping through another one. So Matthew Schaefer sent this over to us. Uh, I thought it was really cool. It stuck out again. Great supporter of the podcast. He posts a lot in the group and really has seen him evolve too throughout the year and really enjoy this. I think he's taking a memo out of Brian Krieger's book, you know, modeling at the kitchen table, probably got some spices in the background as a good luck charm. (laughs) So very, you know, emulating greatness can get you there. I, I think he's on the right track. So making lemonades out of lemons, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Make a pasta out of spices, you know, it's, it's there. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, beautiful, anyway. be- beautiful color. Yeah. Beautiful job. And then this, this gentleman right here, this is our good friend Luke from the Black Rival Model Works. And this, this was really great. Ivan and Jackson and I all saw it in person at Telford. Thought he knocked it out of the park. I believe he was given an award for this, right? Mm-hmm. Ivan? So at least this uh, is a gold winner. Yeah, I think you are right. Uh, these kits are not small by any measure. And, and again, I thought he knocked it out of the park. Really yeah, screw this guy. First time entering at Telford gets a gold. <laughs> yeah, it's a gold. <laughs> so we're super happy Luke shared it in the group and wow. just, just really enjoyed it. Amazing. Again, something with yellow, man. It's, yeah, I tell it's you. Great. <sighs> yeah. Right, what do we have next? We have a good friend, Doug Reed. This is his M30. Wanted to call Doug, another longtime supporter of the podcast, who we've seen grow uh, with his with his work. He's been focusing a lot on armor. He supported the group build. Super gracious about that. And this is one of the builds that he posted for his best build of 2022. And it's a vehicle that you don't often see, um, and doesn't get a lot of you know doesn't get a lot of airtime when there's tigers and panthers and Sherman's oh my on the table. So. Really cool to see a unique subject uh, that was really well executed. So hats off to Doug. Can't wait to see him up in Seattle. Yeah, great great work on that, Doug. And then we're getting towards the end. I picked a few more. Another aircraft. This Mm. is John Bryan's Supermarine Walrus. It's so ugly, it's beautiful. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) The natural metal on it, I mean... 
So John is, uh, he's world-class modeler. And I, I think this just exemplifies his style and execution. I yeah, swear so that I, I swear the British just throw things on a table and say, that's a plane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I, I, if I'm right, this is the Earthfix kit. It is. Yeah. I yeah. believe it is. Yeah, I mean, look at it because all those all those rivets are included in the kit. I mean, we're talking about yeah. Airfix. It's <laughs> Airfix. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. um, he, I mean, you nailed it. And I love the I love the streaking underneath the wing, the you know the sepia tones, just really really well done. It, it knocks that silver dope out of the park. Yep. The guy is fearless too. You know the. The Catalina that he did and this one, you know, it doesn't matter if a kit's hard. If he wants to build it, he's going to build it and he just never takes no for an answer. Yep. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful rigging too. The rigging on this thing is so. Just yeah. Amazing. Highlighting some of his other recent work, he did a Sea Knight, the, mm-hmm. the helicopter yeah. and he riveted the thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he spent $4,000 on Archer Dry Chance for rivets. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, holy cow. It's, it's awesome. So. I know he's a little uh, upset with kind of how I think he mentioned some film on the rivets, which it's barely, you can't really see it. And then he mentioned some other disappointing things. I'm like, dude, I'd be proud to have that model on the shelf just like this. So, John, keep up the great work. Thanks for the support. And thank you again for the ride from Heathrow for Jackson and I. And then last but not least, this guy. This guy. This This guy. guy. This guy. Sam Dwyer. The, he's from the book. Did you know that? Yeah. I, I, I think he wrote a book, didn't he? Yeah. So. You, is that Sam Dwyer from the book? I think so. I'm not sure. What, you're talking about the Sam Dwyer? <laughs> the, the Sam, Sam Dwyer. Dwyer. Yeah. The, the guy from Australia? Yeah. That guy? So, oh, I just wanted to highlight this build. We have a couple group builds that we've been doing. Uh, this was for Samoa over the rainbow earlier this year. Um, <laughs> He, he knocked it out of the park. I think this is, is this, you know, free French after the war? Yeah, so, I think so. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Free French taken from the Germans. Yeah. In 44. So I, I thought he knocked it out of the park. Sheen, we couldn't see it in, um, at Nats, but we just devised the group build there and I was a strap hanger. So, uh, but bottom line, I just wanted to highlight this was a, a favorite build that was posted in the group. Uh, Sam shared it. Constantly shares with the group, really happy with his contributions and, and really honored. You know, Sam's world renowned and we're super happy that he shares it with us. And this is one build that was highlighted and, uh, he considered his best build and we certainly think that as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The chip, the chipping is fantastic. And you'll notice the, you know, the release levers, the extra rivets that he's added. I mean, this is not a stock box to me, a build. This is really, really sharp. So. As we would expect from Sam, fantastic and work. You're right, Craig. He is making the Australians proud. He's he's doing some fantastic. Look at the little bit of mud above the bottom of the the tracks there on the top, right? The top yeah. of the track. That is just wow. I just the little things like that, and you know, just wow. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to stop sharing. We're going to continue on the theme for 2022. And I'd like to go around the room, and I'm going to go the opposite way I did last time. Uh, but we're going to talk about what we didn't finish or accomplish in 2022. So it could be technique-related. It could be a build itself. But, you know, one thing that you left on the table, probably physically, in 2022, but 
that you would like to see finished or or grown in 2023? And, and I'll start off with Jackson. So when you look at 2022, what is something that um, you know you didn't accomplish but hope to in 2023? So for mine, I think streaking is the big thing I want to truly pick up next year. Um, I think I've tried a lot of new techniques, and I think I've become very comfortable with a lot of them, but streaking is the one thing that I cannot just nail down. Um, I know Zach Grizz, he's got the same issue, so maybe him and I will go to a workshop together or something. But yeah, I, I want to start doing more streaking on my builds and just keep at it until I end up with a result I'm happy with. Nice. Doug, coming over to you in Utah. Let me unmute myself. Um, wow, that's, I've got a few kits that are still sitting that I'd love to, to work on and get finished. Um, I started, oh, I started the yak one about four months ago and ran into a little snag and just stuck it on the shelf. I'm going to get back to it. I need to finish that. But most of all, the one that I really, really want to work on and finish is the, the perfect red falcon. Cause I started it. I got some good progress on it. It was looking pretty good, but there's just so much to it. It's kind of hard to stay focused on a kit that has 600 plus pieces and, and just punch it out. I know a lot of guys do it, but I, I certainly am not one of those. Um, so I'm ready to jump back into that as well. Um, and then, and then work on figure stuff. That's, that's the thing that I started working on because we all kind of got into 3d printing and I printed some stuff. Um, nothing like, like cast resin, beautiful, um, you know, human faces or anything. I haven't done any of that. Um, started practicing a little bit on it, but I mean, I did things like, um, some Lord of the Rings stuff. I don't know if you can even see that. I did this little cave troll and he was a lot of fun and I'd like to do more of that. Um, I would like to, uh, to, uh, just keep punching away at it. Like TJ's said in the past, you don't just, just do it. You don't just pick up and do it. He's, he's practiced for years and years and I'm going to be, uh, I, I would like to just keep plugging away at it and maybe someday be painting something that I'll be, uh, happy. <clears throat> nice. Completely understand. And speaking of TJ, how about you? Man, that's a, that's a really, really tough question. Um, I, I really don't know. I, I feel like I accomplished kind of what I wanted to do this year. And I, I didn't, I don't know. It, yeah, that's a tough one. Um, armor, I, I, for whatever reason, though it's my preferred genre of modeling, I've really struggled. Well, I said before Nats, um, to complete an armor subject. The last thing I did was the Sherman A1, which did well at Nats. It came in second to someone else's Sherman that's in this live <laughs> chat with us. Um, and yeah, ever since then, I just, I don't know. I just can't, I, I, I don't know. And uh, I've tried, I've tried very hard. You can see some of them behind me. Um, yeah, that, I mean, I definitely didn't finish any of those. There's like three of them sitting back there. I'd like to do that. Nice. Shermans are awesome. We know a couple experts, as you mentioned. One of them is in the room right now. 
um, and not Definitely too far away from you. Not an expert. Dave would roll over. <laughs> He'd be so upset. I mean, I think you should be the Sherman guy. I mean, we have a clamp master. You're the Sherman master. I mean, I'm just saying. So, but no, got more th- Sherman guy is good. We got a three tone master. So, <laughs> so. Sorry, I was just going to say, TJ, I want to see more armor from you. I really do, because I love 100%. it. <laughs> we need more Shermans. Well, I've got, I've got <laughs> a lot back there. Oh, man. All right, going over to Ivan. Tell us everything. This is going to be like that thing, I don't know how many of you will be aware, like Billie Eilish did an interview every single year, and every year the interview is exactly the same. Um, so my answer is going to be pretty much the exact same as last year. I need to find the love for modeling again. Uh, I don't know if it's just the time of the year or what, but for some reason I've questioned my enjoyment and wanting to have, like be in the hobby. It's, it's weird. It's a hobby I love. I kind of, I think I enjoy doing it. Um, but I need to rediscover that real passion for doing it. Um, and I, I know for a fact I said this last year on the podcast that next year I want to really enjoy it. And I'm saying it again and I'll probably say it again next year. Um, so it's a simple one for me. Find the love for it again. Didn't you love Telford? I thought. I mean, th- that's, they're the bits I really enjoy. I don't actually enjoy build. I don't build scale models. Screw that. I just like going to events. <laughs> you just have walls of them. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm involved in the industry. I'm not actually a model builder. Yeah, it's it's just yeah, a nice simple one. Rediscover the enjoyment of it. Well, you gotta stop building Ming jumbo tracks. Oh, <laughs> that doesn't help. Yeah, that doesn't help. It's annoying because like for the past, I know you and Jackson both made me go to the spray booth on like Zoom calls. It was like, no, no, go and paint your model. <laughs> um, and once I painted it, I was like, this looks really cool. I'm enjoying this now. But it's it's just it's pretty bluntly. I just can't be asked modeling. I'll sit here and I'm like, I don't want to work over that. I don't want to, I don't want to touch anything. But when I get kind of forced into it, I enjoy it. So I need to just find out what the block is and get through it. Dude, your jumbo is amazing. And I'm not just saying that because we're <laughs> online and you're my friend, but you've shared pictures in the group and you, uh, you took it from that very static olive drab that yeah. looks like a monument. Um, to really making it, uh, you know, very, very artistic and, you know, going with the darker shaders and then bringing out that lighter OD. I, I, I'd be proud to be able to, you know, have that at a point at that, you know, on my bench and be able to take it to the finish line. I think you have a really great, um, you know, base for weathering and just honestly, you can almost leave it as is for crying out loud. Thank you. <laughs> And if you ever figure out what the key is to getting yourself to enjoy it, let me know. Cause I've been in the same boat lots of times. Like a week before Christmas, I, I was questioning everything. So, so I get it, man. I think, I think everybody's been there. Oh yeah. JB, yeah. I'd, I'd like to, I mean, Craig brings up a really good point. I think that I certainly relate to it. I can't speak for anybody else, but, um, you know, we have these model kits in, in our stashes and we all have sizable stashes, but you know, mine, that what Craig highlights is really something I struggle with where we just, you know, we talked about, again, we talked about this in our last podcast, but just do it, 
you know, just don't take no for an answer and just do it. And honestly, with few exceptions, if you mess it up, just go get another one. You know, if you mess up a Tamiya Zero, go get another Tamiya Zero. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point, Scott. You know, when you think about, oh God, it, this has recently happened to me. I lost all the inertia, all the momentum, you know, Telford riding high. And then it was like literally a plane crash. It was, it was a buildup where probably September, October, I finished four kits, went to Telford, unbelievable experience, came home and did jack all for November. And I recently, only within the last week or two, got to more serious bench time. I think there were outside distractions, but when I did have the opportunity to go to the bench, and I'd, I'd love for you guys to chime in too if you've had this feeling, but there's just no desire to. Like, I'd rather, like you said, Ivan, I'd rather just hang out and talk about modeling than actually do modeling. Yep. And it's only been the last couple of days, and specifically yesterday, I forced myself. I'm like, I got all these things in primer. I don't see the finish line anytime soon. Oh, this little whip it, squirrel, grab it, paint it, uh, prime it, paint, even finish some weathering last night. And I hope to finish it by tomorrow. So I, I can totally relate to just momentum just gone and in a, in an ether of nothing. So I'd be curious if, if you, if you found that grant, you crack stuff yeah. out, you know, almost as no, fast as TJ, I find. No, I don't. I don't. I, I work on stuff, but I have survey says that's a lie, but um. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 you know, it's, it's the same for me too. Is that I, you know, sometimes the, the day gets to you, you know, and you, you come home and you sit at the table and it's just too much. Um, and, you know, I'd love to find that. And if, if Ivan, if you find that cure, we're going to bottle that and we're going to yeah. make a million dollars. It'll be on the CPD merch store. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it will. Because, they, you know, uh, there's not a single person listening or talking right now or, you know, on the screen that has not gone through this. Some people I know have gone through it for a year or two. You know, they didn't, t they, they walked away from their table and, you know, it's just, you know, TJ is right too, though, is that sometimes you just have to get, you know, just do it, you know, and JB just getting that 172nd whip it, putting it, you know, painting it, doing some stuff. Slammer builds, man. That's sometimes that's perfect. That's what I do. I just grab a figure, paint it, go to the next one, you know, and that's, that helps me get, a, get, a, get through it, you know, and to tell you the truth, you know, listening to you guys, looking at what people are putting on the website. There's the, the people on the website, you know, all of them are producing fantastic pieces and it just makes you want to, you want to do what they're doing. So, you know, I, I find a lot of motivation from everybody out there, uh, a lot of motivation. And cause you know, I want to be able to produce too. So. No, that's, that's a great point. Let's see. Oh, Richard Craig. Yeah. Green bench goes back. Yeah. It cycles hundred percent. You know, it, it go, it, it ebbs and flows. Um, it's, it's almost, and, you know, Ivan, you probably can really, heck, we all can, um, you know, I think a show is a great anchor towards mm -hmm. like a goal and you want to, okay, I'm going to get X, Y, and Z done by it. I'm going to this, this, and this, stay up till two or three in the morning before the show and finish it, bring it, you go to the show, you feel inspired, you buy things, you get home and yeah, you want to hit the bench, but it gets back to what Cliff said around analysis paralysis and, um, yeah, it's just weird. Weird how it all works sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, uh, 
sometimes you just can't get through it alone. And yep. it really yeah. takes literally someone saying, dude, you need to finish that. Go yep. over there. And it's not like you can avoid the text. You're literally on a Zoom call with them. And they're like, listen, I see you sitting there. The airbrush is right behind you. <laughs> <laughs> Go do that. <laughs> Well, and, and, and once in a while, I mean, it isn't healthy if it's like this all the time, but once in a while, it's okay if you go through a little bit of a spell, you know, this hobby is great in that you don't always have to be uh, painting or building or whatever to enjoy it. I mean, you could be doing research, you could be looking at new kits, you could be doing historical research, you could be looking at, you know, different ways to paint your Mac suits. Um, you know, there's other things you can do as long as at some point, you know, hopefully your bench uh, calls you back and, and you get moving again. But mm. I, I think sometimes it's okay to take a break and, you know, we don't want to turn anyone's hobby into a job. At least I don't, you know, Grant, you know, mentioned having a tough day when you get, when you've had one of those 10 hour days and customers have yelled at you and deadlines are slipping, sometimes you're just not in the right mood to hit the bench. You know, if you make a mistake, uh, models might fly across the room, you know? And one, one thing I've realized is <clears throat> for me very, very recently, a lot of people use modeling as a distraction for whatever. Um, I've now learned that I can't do that. My, if, if I've got, other stuff going on or stuff that's on my head. I can't focus on something else. It's very much one or the other. So I've learned that if I'm being really productive when I'm modeling, it's because I'm kind of, I've got no drama. I've got nothing else to think about. So if something else is eating away at me, this can't help that. I just can't split the focus. Mm. And that's fine. I've, I've, I've now learned that that is the case mm. and I've accepted it. That's a really interesting perspective because yep. I, I go to modeling to get away from things. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm the totally opposite of that. <laughs> yeah. So that's great though. I mean, and the fact that you understand it now and you see it, that is even better. You know, yep. that is the best thing. Yeah. That's a really important point, Grant. I think awareness is the biggest thing. And, you know, your, everyone's situation is unique, but having the wherewithal and the awareness to understand, you know, what makes you tick. Um, Ivan's case is a perfect example of that, where it's polar opposite of me, but it's, it's good that we both understand, you know, that, that occurrence. I, I do want to go back to a comment, uh, Theron posted, I want to get over the fear of using the airbrush and, uh, you know, actually use it. And this goes back to, I think, a comment Scott made, especially Theron has mentioned, I've had it for three or four years and it just intimidates me. The same could be said a lot about kits. And Scott mentioned, you know, having it to me a zero and being worried. And I, and I think this is a theme that we've heard on other podcasts where, oh, I'm going to wait to build this kit. Um, and I think maybe we have talked about it too. I think it's important that, you know, again, having the awareness, at least for me, um, I'm just going to build it, screw it. And, and gets back to what Scott said, you know, if you mess up, there's always more, um, unless it's super rare, I guess. But even then, I doubt you'll screw it up that bad. Uh, but going to the airbrush there, you know, Heck, just pull out, just do it tomorrow. Um, I know, I know it's very easy for, for me to say and probably for us to agree on. Um, uh, but just, just do it. Nike's, Nike's, Nike's brand is, uh, is successful for a reason. Um, so it's, it's a great saying. Just do it. Hey, Theron, this, uh, I had the same problem a long time, a while ago too, myself and a, a really good friend of mine who's a figure painting, John Everett. 
not John Everett, sorry. John, uh, Eastlake's my side, sorry. Too many Johns, sorry. So um, what he told me to do is when I get home from work or when I get a little bit of time during the day, or it doesn't have to be every day, but just take a little bit of paint, take a piece of white cardboard and just paint. Just write your name, do spots, do circles. You don't have to paint anything. Just get used to using the airbrush. And by the usual fact of just using it every other day or every day, painting a little bit, five, ten minutes, you will get used to it. Um, and it was it worked for me. I mean, maybe it'll work for you. Um, you know, just trying to throw some ideas out there for you. It'll get that fear. In my opinion, it helped me get the fear away from me also. Cameron's point here that is up on the screen, uh, find a mule to play with is is spot on. Um, that's how I've learned to do a lot of different things with my brush and try techniques that I would never try on a model that I was trying to build. Um, I just, you know, from hairspray chipping to to uh, layering and, and other things that I've been playing with, I use a paint mule. And so Cameron's absolutely right on that one. I would, I would also say participate in the community, you know, go to your local model club, schedule a model show to show up and, you know, set a goal to take a piece with you, you know, be inspired by other people and, you know, just try and pull from that inspiration. It works for me. Yeah, Scott, you mentioned something there, pulling the community and being an active participant in it. I think that's a really good point. You know, we're very fortunate to have an absolutely fantastic uh, Facebook group and group builds. And I think that is an important thing. We even have group builds amongst ourselves. The Samoa example, as we showed from Sam, right now we're doing an American Heavy series, which Jackson's M6 is behind him. For me, at least, it's a big motivator. Because I see the progress that they're making. Man, I'm jealous. They're doing some really great work. I want to be a part of this conversation. I want to be able to contribute. And I, I find that that's a great motivator too, is seeing your friends work, seeing their momentum, and like literally running next to their train and trying to grab on and, and ride it with them. Because uh, it's, it's certainly been motivating for me. And, and even in the Mac group build is another example. There's a ton of great work going on in there lots of lots of community engagement and it's it's really inspiring and that helps out a lot so scott you threw up uh derek's comment i, I think that is a really 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 great one um and, and and great great advice yeah and to kind of go back to the community thing a good friend of ours martin drayton he had an Iwata brush and, and it wasn't working right for him. We have a couple of uh, club nights where we get together, you know, once or twice a month and, uh, he brought it over and, uh, Cameron, uh, Corliss and myself, we dove into it and, uh, it was, uh, kind of, kind of plugged up, but we got him all cleaned and showed him how to clean it, you know, moving forward. And, you know, as a group, it's a, it's a lot simpler problem to overcome than, you know, just by yourself. So. I'd put another plug in for just, you know, become a part of that local, local community. Yeah. Sorry. I had to go off mute there. If you heard my dog, my Andy's hobby headquarter order just showed up. So I'm very happy about that. Um, so where were we, you know, this, this has been a great topic and it's really kind of spiraled, um, in a lot of different ways. And, and it's great to see the engagement from people uh, that are listening and watching. Feel free to comment, free feel, feel free to ask a question or, or, you know, share some thoughts on the topics that we're discussing. You know, one of the things we mentioned is 
It's going to be a new year. Looking forward into 2023, we've talked about what we want to carry over, but that didn't really, you know, doesn't really answer the big question in the room, which is, you know, what, what is your, what is your goal for 2023? Um, you know, and, and maybe we'll just start off with a simple project. You know, what is a project that you want to do in 2023 that, it's either been on the shelf for a while. It could be a shelf clean. It could be a model that's been on your in your stash. It could be a new release. Andy's uh, Easy Eight comes to mind. So you know, I would love to kick it around the room. Please, if you're listening in, feel free to contribute to this discussion topic. And I'll start the other way. Scott, what's what's 2023 look like for you? I think uh, 2023 is looking pretty good. Um, my project that I'd really like to finish and probably here pretty quick is we started, um, a group project a while back and I didn't finish my piece for that. Um, it's a SU 76, but it's a little bit different take on it. Um, I've got a shelf full of, I wouldn't call them shelf queens. It's just a big queue, but it's models <laughs> that I've started and I haven't finished. So my, uh, my first goal of 2023 is to get that. That little SU seventy six, um, you know, actually finished and and uh, move forward, you know, and maybe hopefully do the same thing with some of those other projects that are stuck. That's awesome. That SU seventy six has been living in secrecy, uh, and really looking forward to having it shared with everyone. Scott's a builder, everyone. He spends. Uh, we are indebted to him for his service to the plastic posse. He makes the wheel go round here. Uh, but when he does model, it's certainly awesome. And I have seen some photos. And Scott, maybe you can give a sneak peek coming into the new year for the team. So, um, but yeah, your work is great. Grant, you're up next. What's 2023 have for you? Um, I've got a the old uh, Tamiya M1, the 105 version, the original version. Um, but I want to build a M1 IP, which is the same caliber, but, um, with a modified turret with the basically M1 A1 turret with the 105. It's going to take a lot of work because the original M1 is a, needs a little bit of work, but I think that's my goal for nationals. Um, besides my machine Krieger, uh, I want to do finish for that, but yeah, I, I think I want to have that M1 IP 105 millimeter. Abrams done for nationals. It's been sitting on the back shelf for a while. Um, so that's my goal. Nice. Nice. Whose kit, whose kit was it again? I'm sorry. I missed that. Uh, Tamaya. Both okay. of them are Tamaya. So it's an M1, the original 105 and an M1A1 turret modified. Sweet. Can't wait to see it. Before we go on to Ivan, there were two comments. Craig, can't wait to see you in Texas. We would love to see you there. At San Marcos, it's certainly a great pilgrimage and uh, one not to be missed. Uh, we'll go through another comment. Cliff Herring, thank you again, Cliff, for all your contributions to the pod, either on Facebook or, or here. You know, your Mark 44 is absolutely fantastic. And I think you can easily get it done before August. The interior work that you're doing, uh, the, the work on the seat, the color of the, uh, I guess you can consider it a cockpit. Um, just really, really well done. And then let's see, Bill Huffman going down. Okay, so camera slowing down. Let's see Bill's comment real quick, Scott. Uh, I'm going to publish weekly videos once again. 
Outstanding, Bill. That's going to be great. Uh, we are huge fans of your work. Love your latest uh, Africa Core diorama with the Emmy 109 up top and the multi-layer, um, you know, I guess Frankenstein, uh, Wolfenstein type of environment underneath. So really great work. Can't wait to see it. Uh, let's see. Cameron, need to slow down quality over quantity and not treat it like a race. That's a good point. Um, you know, I don't think there is any harm in setting artificial deadlines, though, but having the flexibility to uh, take your time is good. And then let's see. Thunderbird's entry for Vegas stats. Should, oh, okay. So Vegas was, okay. Might be done for, okay. So four years in the making. Nice. All right, David. Um, I had to double tape there, but no, that's good. Cool. My question is Thunderbirds, the U.S. Air Force double team or the, um, I guess you could say the comic, the, the series, the sci-fi. So probably the puppet, for the, the, the puppet show. Probably for the demo team. I think that was one of the special categories for Nats. Ah, yeah. oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. They're, they're based in Ellis, I believe. Yep. Right. I thought I had the wrong reservations this year all of a sudden. I was like, I wait know, a minute. I know. <laughs> I was like, whoa, we're going back to Vegas? Like, holy, I'm in Texas. That's why, that's why I caught off guard there. Um, but now we're going to go over to Sir Evan Jensen. No idea. Um, Come on, man. You got a wall of kits. I, I was just about to say, me and Jackson prepared for this question. We got like a pile of kits ready. And now it seems like we've gone way over the top. Let's flash a few. Come on. <laughs> Grab them. Right, well, one of the, I, I, I've been Ooh. saying this for the past few nights. I've had the wall of kits stirring at me while I've been stirring at the wall. Um, <laughs> Ryfield, uh, what do you call it? Tiger. Um, I know me and Ian really want to do this very specific one. Um, it doesn't have to be that one. I have every Ryfield Tiger they've released. The problem is, the one I don't have, the brand new one that's got all the Zimmer molded on, that's the one I actually really want to do. So I'm going to have to buy that. Um, I also really want to I want to do the attractive for mini art, like, nice. but but it's mini art, so it might frustrate me. Lots of parts, but four thousand pieces <laughs> just for the wheel. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I want to do that. I'm going to try and get through these quick because obviously I'm massively overcompensating. No, no dude, a, a build we've all got. We've all got. Oh T yes, TJ yes. doesn't want to join in with. Me. Yes, um, <laughs> the one sixteenth FT seventeens. Like, I know yep. me. Me, me and Jackson are really excited for these. Oh, I um, have one. Yes. I, and I keep telling you, join in with this. I'd rather um, do the 30 hill scale one. Oh. No. Um, <laughs> put your big boy no. pants on and uh, do the big one. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Look uh, into my what? eye. <laughs> <laughs> Rick Lowe yeah, is doing that right now. So. Exactly. We, we yeah, bought these in mass and it's like, all of a sudden it's like, oh, we should, we should do these in the big. Um, since I bought it, I really Ooh. wanted to do um, because panthers are really cool, and that's a panther with anti-air on it, which yeah, is cool, even cooler. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and tack and panthers are just beautiful, good. Um, yeah. To go along with another build, the the group build group has been discussing. Um, Ooh. Ooh, quite a big project. It's obviously it's got the full interior, it's got everything, um, and again. Just being in the pile, it keeps looking at me like, oh, I don't want to do it soon. <laughs> so, it, again, it's on the cards for the year. I imagine I'll start it. Probably won't finish it. Um, and from the Secret Santa, obviously, 
Ooh. I, I, I have to, I have to, I have to get this in. Um, because it's, it's a first world war armored car and it's in cool Japanese, uh, service. So yeah. Um, I mean, you have to build that. We have a deadline. Yeah. That has to be done for, uh, oh, I've got eight months. Um, yeah. we'll see. Uh, but yeah, that's quite the pile. I would have brought more because I thought everyone else was bringing more. Um, oh. But but it's fine. Me and Jackson were like, "How many kits are you bringing to the show?" He's like, "I think I'm going to bring five. He's like, "Oh, I brought ten. Um, so, <laughs> there you go. Um, so they're the ones I kind of really want to do. Whatever fits in between them is nice. But if I could just finish the year and get all of them done, I'd be very happy. Nice. No, no comment. See, I keep. <laughs> there's a lot of aftermarket <laughs> being released for them on the internet now. I'm like. I really, especially with the Tancraft Pro tracks. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I'm you're right. Decide, I'm gonna have to buy one of these kits. Yeah. Um, as much as for a while, it's like mm, nice looking kit. Do I want it? No, it's like mm, I really want it now. <laughs> I really want it. Oh man! Well, I'm certainly looking forward to a few of those. Bird Panther, yes, please. Yes. All right, going over to TJ, what's 2023 have in store for you? Uh, I mean, the first thing is <laughs> this big bitch here, the, the Nutcracker. Um, nice. Yeah, I got I, I really want to do this. Uh, I love this thing. It's one of my favorite Sheena Krieger designs. I mean, it doesn't help that Brian has done one, and it's amazing. So it's, uh, you know, no pressure to, to do well. Knowing that there's already the best one that exists. Um, so yeah, that's going to be probably number one on the list. Um, obviously it's already started. Uh, one of the other things I think I mentioned in one of our group chats the other, uh, the other day, I, I want to do more World War One stuff. Um, I love World War One subjects. I have a, a ton. Um, I have a bunch of rhomboids. I have, I, I started the Saint Shaman. I want to finish that. Um, I want to do the little FT. I've already done one. I want to do another one. Um, yeah. I, and I, I have a, I have a Sherman project that I started after Nats. It's a, uh, British Sherman three. Um, Hobbs has helped me with a little bit of the research. Uh, I have the unit, all that stuff. Um, I have a, a haul from TND to go with it, but it's not the best. Um, yeah, fight me if you want. Not worth what I paid for it. Um, I might try to make it work. I don't know. Um, but I have a, I have a reference picture that is amazing. And I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of building the reference pictures. I, I'd rather do my own thing, but I love the picture. Um, it's just loaded it with, like, I think it's got four different kinds of Sherman tracks as, you know, applique armor. And it's, um, got crew guys hanging out. I, I got some Alpine figures. I kind of look like the guys that are hanging off of it. There, I think there's like four or five guys on it. I'm not going to put all of them on it, but I really want to do that as like my Texas project and, and bring that specifically to Texas. Um, and then I have the big, the big Sherman too that I've started and I, 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 that will also come to Texas and whatever I, it'll be done by the time we get to Texas. Hopefully it's done to where I want it to be because I told Andy that 
he would be there because I think I'm pretty sure Andy's going to be there. So I told him I would bring mine. Nice. Okay. So, so cushy. <laughs> I think Thanks. <laughs> I think a couple have of a nice life. Sure. <laughs> have I don't a great life. <laughs> oh man, no, the big Sherman is definitely on my list too. So, Doug, what's twenty twenty three look like for you? Um, well, other than finishing a few things, I I would like to do more armor and maybe broaden my horizons a little bit. Most of my armor this year was was actually British armor, which surprised me. But every time I looked at my stash, I was like, "This is that's what I want to build." So I'd grab it and then I'd build it. Um, um, but, uh, so I pulled a couple out. I've got this cute little Tamiya, uh, little Frenchie here, nice. R35. That could be fun. Um, play around with it. It's not real big. It should be a fast build, but the paint should be a challenge. Um, I won this at Nats and I think I'll build it. I want to do net something natural metal. And, mm. uh, and so I'll probably do this Mustang. And there's, uh, markings in the kit for a, uh, one that has this beautiful dark blue tail on it that I, I just, I think that's what I want to do. Um, and then I, this is the show off. I keep pulling it out and I, I should stop because look, I've been doing this for too long to not, uh, to not have it done yet, but this thing's humongous, this Falcon <laughs> and, um, it needs to be done. Um, I'm doing this one straight out of the box. It's actually being done for a friend, but, um, it, it needs to be finished. <laughs> and there's going to be a whole lot of little Star Wars things too. I just want to be able to get to a point where I'm, I'll just, if I, if I'm feeling like I just need a, something to, to cleanse my palate, I'll pull out an A wing or an X wing and just throw it together because those things I can knock out and do a pretty good job on. They're just because they're my favorites. Nice. Nice. Oh, I can't wait for it. So, we're going to go over to Jackson, who apparently has a t- stack of 10 kits. <laughs> it's not that many, but it's not that so many. So, let's get started. <laughs> All right. So, first and foremost, I'm going to be trying to finish out the M6 that got sitting behind me for our group build. I've got that same howitzer that TJ's working on, the Dosberg uh, M1918. Uh, that build is done, so paint on both of those. I want to finish up the Rolls-Royce. Uh, and then I also started my TARDIS. I picked up at Telford. So just finishing off stuff on my bench. Um, that'll be my first goal in January. In terms of long-term projects, I've got two kind of like magnum opus builds um, that have been in the works for a while. Uh, one of them I've been working on for two and a half years now, and that's Trumpeter's 1-200th Titanic. I'm not going to finish it this year. I'm not even going to pretend like I will, but I want to get more work done on that because I didn't touch it at all this year. And I found out that Ivan actually has the kit in his stash. So we're going to try to motivate each other. And like JB said, grab onto each other's train to get us through that build because it's, it's a long, a long job for sure. Um, the other one is, uh, I do actually have the kit for in front of me. I've got the Ryefield full interior easy eight. So I'm actually doing a bunch of conversion work for that one to make a, like a one-off radio communication vehicle from Korea mm. called the Porcupine. Yep. So I've been doing a lot of research at the archives for that and trying to make this build. And I've, I've never seen it done before. So it, I'm super excited to, to get it done. Um, so those are the ones that I have set in stone. The rest are all the things that I came up with talking to Ivan earlier, looking at my stash. 
Um, so it's already been shown, but I've got my one sixteenth Renault. So yeah, it'll be uh, Ivan and I, Scott, um, Zach, and Ian working on those. Those are the people who've confirmed so far. So we'll all be building one. Really looking forward to that. I've also got uh, the very old. Let me actually not blur it out. Very uh-huh. old, venerable Tamiya. Uh, M151. Love it. So Love I'm actually going to build this one up as the shop vehicle I get to drive around on Fridays. <laughs> um, and huge shout out to Steve Reed. He sent me um, the oh. very hard to get Edward photo edge set for. Him. So I, wow, uh, that is that is a good find right there. Yeah. He was like, oh, I've got a ton. I'll send you one. I was like, dude, Jeez. are you sure? <laughs> but I'm excited to start that. Um, I've also got my entry to the mech group build, uh, mm. the noise spotter. So I, OG noise spotter. Yeah. I have not started this yet and I'm running out of time. So <laughs> I will try to get the ball rolling on that as soon as possible. But hey, I, I did my Sherman group build entry last minute as well and that did pretty well. So pretty well. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've also got the AFV Club mm, LVT. LV4. Yep. So I've done CAD work for the tracks on these. Um, <sighs> they're all done. I, I've already finished designing tracks for it. I just haven't built the kit. So I'm excited to build a kit to actually put my, my work on. Man, you, you need to do tracks for the Italieri one, man. I've got like four or five of those. And I just, the tracks are so bad. I want to yeah. build them. Well, they're, yeah. They're not good on the AFE club kit either. And, oh. uh, yeah, that, that came from a discussion at Nats where I was talking with, um, I think it was, uh, Hobbs and Zach and they were like, yeah, there's like no good LVT tracks on the market. Right. And I was like, okay, I'll just go design some then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did. Uh, this is the one I think I'm most excited for. And Ooh. that's the wingnut wings, hobbler stuff. Yeah, I've never built a plane kit, finished a plane kit, I should say. <laughs> um, especially not a wingnut wings kit. So this will be my first. That's like my uh, start, you know, doing something extremely different uh, builds of the year. And then the last one I've got has already been talked about, but the good old 160 nice. BZ-8. It was an impulse buy for sure because I love my Shermans. Um, but I, after seeing especially Spud's work on his and all the other people who've been working on it in the uh, 116th group, it's made me really want to build mine. Um, so I don't know when I'll get to it, but that's, that's in the, the pipe dream. That's all I got. All you got stack. That's tall. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Added an hour onto the runtime. <laughs> you become a host now just by that segment alone. Yeah. <laughs> You're more of a permanent member than most of us. No, that's great. Jackson. And some of my projects are aligned with yours. So I don't have mine next to me, but I'm going to, I'm going to share a screen and um, show a couple box art. So, Ooh. obviously, Tamiya Sherman is going to be in the mix. I think with TJ and Jackson, um, it's a no-brainer. And it's it's an awesome kid and love to support Andy as well. So, that's one of them. Another one is following oh, Jackson's oh. lead. So, this is – I like to call these strategic projects because I know there's going to be <laughs> slammers – that's going to come up throughout the year because yeah. Tacom will release seven things. And I need to buy all seven <laughs> and I'll need to buy, I don't need to build three of them right away. So when I think of 2023, it's, it's like leaving room for things I know that, that I don't know that's going to come out. Uh, so I have some capacity to build, but also, um, 
just looking at some really cool builds. I was really inspired by Spencer Pollard's AEG. And I've loved the kit since then. And then, uh, you know, Sprue Brothers got their giant order. I'm like, well, it's now or never. So uh, I guess it's now. And I'm then joining uh, you on that build. Outstanding. Uh, <laughs> and then the last one is this. So uh, it doesn't look like much, but I did box art for the Sherman um, Korean War version from Tamiya. So oh. this is box art with the Jumbo. So I have the Panther. I actually have interior components for Tamiya's Panther from a tack-on kit I built. And then the Jumbo is actually built. And then the idea is to build this again in scale um, and have it called box art. Uh, again, another box art uh, Tamiya's illustration in scale. I might add another couple figures to it. Maybe a turned over swim wagon somewhere, but the basic premise of the scene uh, is from this. And it's based on a famous picture, which I really enjoy because it's got the open hatches up front where there's both the driver and the, and the, uh, the radio bow gunner uh, dude. So I, I think it'll be a flavor of this. Uh, and I'll sculpt the bridge that's blown up behind it uh, and then also work on the hillside as well with the destroyed panther. So that is a strategic project for... 2023. Nice. And before we move on to maybe our last topic, because we're coming up on an hour and a half, a project for 2023 is this guy. So um, this is something that we've floated around a little bit online. We've talked about it. I'll be honest, the response has been way more than expected. Uh, the last I checked was this post purely looking at interest was at 88 comments. And I think that's pretty incredible. Uh, yeah. Nearly all of them have shown interest and would like to contribute. So I'd just like to take a moment to talk about this strategic project for 2023 for the Plastic Posse. And it's a year in review. So just bottom line up front is this, this is meant to highlight our friends that are part of this community. We're looking to have a profile on people that would like to submit their work. Uh, unfortunately, you know, the posse doesn't pay that much. So therefore we can't pay contributors. But the idea would be, uh, you submit your profile picture, your location, uh, some of your work either from 2022 or beforehand, because I know, um, you know, some people it's difficult to finish stuff and that's okay. We still want to feature your work. If you have great work in progress shots, feel free to send them over. The idea is that each modeler that's part of the plastic posse will be highlighted with a page. You can highlight your work. And then we might also throw in some pages on techniques that some of us know and love. So maybe three-tone camo from me, ambient inclusion from our friend Ivan. And then uh, maybe, maybe some uh, maybe some Sherman work from from TJ, uh, no, not Sherman work, but figure work, that is. Uh, but then also I think it's important for us to highlight the shows that we've been to, the people we've met, and then potentially some of the museums we visited too. So this is just, uh, you know, throwing out there for general interest. We've got a lot of it, so I think we're going to push on it and uh, look for more information coming soon on it. Yeah, cool. thanks, John. That's uh, something to look forward to. And then we also, um, as we've been promising, are going to be doing some other great things for 2023 and one of the things that we're committed to is to bring in you more video content and our good friends ivan and jackson that are here on there are going to be kind of heading up our new video division and uh 
we're looking forward to seeing what you two and uh, some other people are going to come up with. Yes. Very excited about that. That's my biggest project for 2023. <laughs> yep. That is, that'll be cool. I, video, that'll be great to see you guys do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're looking forward to bring some some visual content to you guys. Uh, a lot, A lot of cool kind of visual interviews where we might be talking to some special guests that coincide with the podcast and have them talk through work and stuff like that. So we've got a lot of ideas uh, we've talked about and we're still kind of planning everything out, but uh, we're all very excited for that. Big Intel drop. This is great. Massive. Huge. Dump. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, huge. Yeah. Uh, Zach, Zach is involved as well. Just what I'd mention. He always cries when I don't mention his name every episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and a big, big shout out to all of the, all of you that are out there watching and have been supporting us. You know, 2022 was a really exciting year. We've got to a lot of shows. We got to meet a lot of you in person. Uh, we look forward to more of that in 2023, but you know, the community involvement has just been fantastic. It's so much fun and, uh, we enjoy it. Hopefully you, you enjoy it as much as we do, but we just, you know, nothing we, we do here would make any difference if uh, you guys weren't participating with us. And so, um, look forward to the yearbook and look forward to some video content and, uh, keep contributing on the, on the posse group on Facebook. That's been, uh, it's been successful beyond our, our wildest dreams. It's so much fun to be able to see what all of you are doing and, and see the progress that you're making on your build. So anyway, exciting stuff. Yeah. And just a polite reminder, you know, we do have a merch store. Um, it is through Teespring. We can post a link on the, uh, on the Facebook page and also in the comments, probably of this as well, uh, to highlight where you can go and get your favorite awesome merch. Slammer build. Positivity, please. Yes, there uh, you go. Guilty. So arrest me. Yes. Um, citizens arrest. Uh, against the, uh, positivity, please. But anyway. And uh, lounge tra- and lounge trousers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, they're they're selling out. Yeah, Robbie wanted to know how those are going. Those are those are going well. We're they're selling going well. Selling a lot of them. So yeah. Hey, uh, I just want to throw out one thing real quick. Also, I'd like to say uh, get well soon to our really good friend Lincoln Wright, who was in the hospital before Christmas. He is out now, everybody. He is at home. He got home for Christmas. Him and his wife, his wife and his uh, his girl uh, were able to spend Christmas together. He's he's healing. He's feeling a lot better. Um, so you know, all our I, I thank everybody for sending all the wishes to him and just keep in your heart. He's uh, doing a lot better though. Um, so just keep them around guys. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Get well, get well link for sure. For sure. Going back to Derek's post, um, Scott, really quick, looking forward to meeting all of you in Texas. Funny fact, I ran into Derek at the Denver airport two weeks ago. Um, I was coming from a work trip and I was standing outside the gate with one of my coworkers and Derek came up and said hello and, it was, it kind of all happened so fast and it was super nice to meet Derek, even though it was literally for 30 seconds. Uh, but you made me feel like a rock star because now my coworkers told all my coworkers <laughs> that, uh, John's famous. Some guy walked up to him and recognized him in the airport. So you I want to, you are thank you for that. I mean, I was wearing a suit too, so I felt really Ooh. good. Um, so Derek, thank you very much for that. 
you have uh, increased my stock at the at the work, uh, <laughs> at the work water cooler to say the least, for whatever that's worth. But no, it was American really Redwood. <laughs> it was really quick. Um, but Derek, next time I see you, I got a little something special from the Plastic Posse to you. Um, and certainly that goes for all of our supporters as well. You know, when you see us in public, uh, we are more than happy to share the love and, and um, give you some things to remind us of the posse at home. So with that, any parting shots, Scott, or anyone else for 2022? Let's bring in 2023 with a bang. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I just want to wish everyone out there in the posse a happy new year, 2023. Um, hopefully, um, these podcasts and these live, live shows help your mojo a little bit. That's what these are all about. Thanks for being the biggest group of modeling friends in the world. We love it. That's what the posse is all about. So happy new year, everybody. Yeah. And final shot. Thank you so much again. And if you have ideas, please let us know. We'd love to hear. We always love hearing from the community and some of your ideas in the past have sparked topics on the podcast. So always looking to collaborate with everyone. We will certainly see more of you on the pod in 2023, looking to expose, you know, more of you to, you know, how the cookies are made and bring you on board and, and let you be a part of the fun. And certainly that's not only the podcast itself, but it shows and certainly sharing your work online. So please continue to do all those things. We love you so much. We will certainly see some of you very soon in February. Bill is one of them. But until then, thank you so much. Happy New Year. And build more models. Take care, everyone. Thanks, everybody. So well. Good night. That was an excellent live session with all of us. It was certainly fun to talk about, you know, some of the highlights from the Facebook groups and just everything that's going on and kind of a repeat of what we look forward to in 2023. What was 2022 like? Uh, and super excited to continue on uh, through this year. And, you know, we cannot do this without our sponsors and definitely got to support Tankcraft, uh, the makers of fine cutting mats, aluminum glue bases, and some other ancillary products that we love and uh, just really, really well done. And same with their tracks as well. Additionally, we'd like to thank Bases by Bill. Their custom bases are awesome. We've been exposed to them a lot lately. Um, you know, great to see members posting theirs online. And if you have a custom design that you're interested in, please reach out to them. They also have a plethora of designs on their website and they're excellent people to work with. Great, you know, great shipping, fast shipping, great customer service. And, and we love them. And that's why they're a part of the team here at uh, the Plastic Posse. And ultimately, we must thank our Patreons. Without your support, none of this happens. We love that you, you know, tune in routinely, support us um, through the Patreon page, and we just love your engagement, and we, we'd love to see more of it. And and we're going to make a commitment to do more on our side to get in front of you, and that's posting more content, engaging more, and really making sure that the Patreon crowd and that and that resource is is fully utilized. So hopefully, uh, you know, stand by. You'll see a lot more in 2023. And then lastly, if you want to represent the posse, I should say, um, like Cliff Herring, is uh, jump onto our merch store. So we have a merch store through Teespring. We'll post the link online. And you can go on there and get some of your favorite T-shirts, favorite jumpers, and dare I say lounge trousers as well. So with that, thank you so much for turning in. We look forward to every moment in 2023. Ivan, I know what you're going to do. I see it. I love it. And I love you. So take care. Tune in again. Have a great day. Yeehaw! 
2023 is, and this is a modeling podcast, but it's not going to sound it for the next few minutes. <laughs> right, I'm going to restart. Um, right. <clears throat> Sorry. I didn't think it was going to be that soon. I expected it. <laughs> right. Professional recording. <laughs> Honestly, kind of send me pictures like this. Explain what the f Who does who does this? Who does this? I almost said have a nice life at the end there. Have a great life. Great life. See you guys. Take care, man. Adios.